0: Previously on the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. On a good day, scholars could win, but it's away from the ball. i go for a as well. I think are going to be up first. The Spartans and it could be a prison shaming. I wonder if Di might think this is a game we can afford to get just as those another I wouldn't be surprised if we did to get two points from this match. Dragons are going to fancy themselves. Yeah, I've got five-nil dragons here. and like you saw, Ospreys who are away from fifth place to be to play. It's going to be less Osprey, more Seagull. I think. This <laughs> is
1: of Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Thank you for joining us again for the third installment of our show. I'm Ed, and I'll be joined by the usual suspects of Reese. to my right. Say hello, Reese. Hello, Ed. And Mikey to my left. Say hello, Mikey. Hello, Ed. As always, you can contact the pod on Twitter at FLRugbyPod or if you're a bit more old school and you'd like to send us an email, send it to ForbiddenLoveRugby at gmail.com. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing recent rugby news. Looking back at the Welsh team's very successful weekend in Europe, with a certain Dan Bigger, with a little je ne sais quoi to his game for Toulon against Bath. We'll then continue with round three of our main feature, PIVAC Picked, before giving our predictions, hopefully a little more successfully this time round, on the upcoming derbies over the festive season. And then we'll be finishing the show, as always, with our forbidden love of the week. Folks, let's get right into it with the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Forbidden Love rugby. Gents, hello. Welcome yeah. back to episode three. Welcome back to episode three. Welcome to episode three. <laughs> That's <laughs> more like it.
2: Yeah.
1: This whole hosting malarkey
2: is uh, not as easy as you two made it seem. Oh, right. I don't know. It wasn't easy, I don't think. <laughs> but it's like we've got a thing now, haven't we? We did our tours in the first two episodes. We've come back from the third, and I definitely think we've got a thing now. We've we've had a
0: semi-viral tweet, hundred and twenty something likes. Yeah, it's four, just more than we've got followers.
2: <laughs> how, how how does that happen? I'm still very new to this Twitter thing, and somebody's going to have to take time to explain this to me. I don't know.
1: Maybe we should put a poll up or something. Um Well, biggest, I think. A news piece that's come out since our last episode was the um, reports of up to a 50% pay cut for certain players at the regions.
0: So I guess, Rhys, your opinion on this? Oh, mixed, as always. So what we've got is a headline, and the headline says 50% pay cut for players. Now, if you dig into the detail a little bit, it's a 50% pay cut for certain players coinciding with salary cap reports from the uh, professional rugby body and then other things such as squad size cuts and people saying that there's too many mediocre players at the Welsh regions getting paid too much. So whilst I mostly think high salaries are a good way to attract talent, to our teams, sometimes it can also be a bad way to spend your money—quite
2: limited money. I think it could become quite a bit uh, duplicitous within the teams themselves, given the fact that, like you know, you've got two tight deads you know, one of the tougher positions to play in the field. Yeah. And you've got one tight end less, calling Tom Francis. Never heard of him. Okay. On <laughs> on big backs for the Ospreys and you've it's got a younger tight end coming through. Um, l- Looking to get that big money contract, but they're putting themselves in the same position in potentially the same game with the same risks. So, obviously, there's the the funding needs to change with with the salary caps and potential 50% pay cuts. But how does one risk justify the other? Yeah, and I think we've got
0: to look at two things here because any player from grassroots academies. And regions can have a career ending injury at any point. Yeah. Now, perhaps in lieu of having a big salary, perhaps in the event of a catastrophic injury,
2: there's a big insurance payout. There has to be. I mean, you, you wouldn't be going in, entering into such a, a sport, an activity without such things in place to sort of negate any touchwood eventuality.
0: Yeah, and I mean, some people on Twitter have sort of turned me around, actually, that maybe these inflated salaries aren't necessarily a good thing for Welsh rugby. So, one of the arguments is, if you lower salaries, then players will leave. But the problem there is, there has to be some way for them to go if they want to continue to be a professional player. Mm. Now, oftentimes, people say they'll just go to England. Or they just go to France. But in those leagues, all of the teams need a certain number of French qualified players, English qualified players, and time servers. So it's okay if you're, say, a Max Clawellan who is already English qualified. However, if you're, I don't know, Die Jones, and you've <laughs> already got 75 caps, and everybody back to your grandparents is Welsh, there's only so much space for you in those other leagues. Yeah. And I think a lot of players might... I don't like to say it like this because it makes them
2: sound like cattle, but they might sort of find their true market value. Well, of course, they are. They, they, in some cases, with with some clubs some regions, the biggest asset is what's on the field on a day-to-day basis. We take, for example, now, um, Wasps with the Covenry Stadium. It's not their stadium. The only value they had was what was on their books in terms of being uh, being put on the field on a week-to-week basis. But going back to, what you said about um, the, the players, the wages... And whether they able to go overseas, be in England, be it France, be it Japan. I mean, that's a, a growing market in terms of r- rugby. Um, the Welsh we just still have to remain competitive. Mm-hmm. I think they they get pushed to having to provide a certain level of salary because of you know how in such close close proximity we find ourselves to France, to England, and <laughs> obviously, I mean, the, the player drain would be would be insane if. You, know, you, you can go across the border across the channel for double figures the amount you're making playing for one of the regions in Wales and in some cases maybe even you know you go across the border in the championship yep. that's where Jonah Holmes we we'll be move on to him later you know pick, up pick finds himself these days through hooker by crook you know Welsh international playing championship level rugby hooks say? sorry another thing it
0: I think there's more ways to attract people to a team than just salary. So you don't have to be paying the most. It has to be competitive. It has to be worth a player's while. But conditions, facilities, culture, these are ways you can also attract professional players. And if the Welsh professional teams can make enough money that they could spend more than an eventual salary cap,
2: Another way they could look at attracting more talent is by having those facilities procedures in place. And you find this in New Zealand. Listen to a few other podcasts. Um, how they run their business in New Zealand is that those contracted to the end, to New Zealand rugby, the All Blacks, they aren't the best paid players through their union. But what they do have is, like you said, Rhys, is that improved facilities. Think about the top nutritionists, the top facilities... And everything around them to make playing rugby that little bit more easier. Yeah. And within their setup, they are allowed to go overseas to the likes of Japan to top up the bank balance, and then be allowed to come back. Yeah. Into New Zealand for tournaments, rugby championships, World Cups. Something that would improve a team on the field as well,
1: because I mean, you look at. Um what, Wales were training in an indoor menage um, before Warren Gatlin came along and improved the facilities and yeah. look how much more professional that made the team and I think if you're, in, if you're providing a professional environment behind the scenes then people are, are going to feel um, valued and be better at their job. You look at um, Cardiff for instance with that thing they did for Nick Williams where bringing his mother over uh, as a surprise and you know, for um, the Pacific Islanders, family is a huge part of their life and obviously for a lot of them, they end up having to apply their trade abroad, meaning that they don't get to see their family and you know, doing something like that for Big Nick Williams hmm. means that you've got some someone with a strong affinity to Cardiff for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, um, I'd I'd like to echo that. I mean, yeah, we talk about facilities and training and becoming the best athletes and having money, but... I think people have mentioned that one of the things Gatlin was successful at was ensuring people were happy and yeah. that that could be identified that somebody's not quite there mentally and they yeah. need like some time with their family and he was always keen to push that so I think there's ways to be attractive to pro players without necessarily paying them ugh, I hate this
2: more money than they're worth in inverted commas. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's a massive point to to, to, to state that down, uh, like you know how you feel as, as an individual. I mean, like you know, we've all got our levels of resilience, and then matters of resilience get tested on a daily basis. Um, yeah. And I think sort of, and, and rugby is is bigger than just what you see on the on the TV or on the pitch or from the day to day training. Um, I think what's what's been a massive shift is like we've seen I've like seen lately where uh, Saracens showed what their players uh, go through in terms of counselling um and that's a massive eye opener i think to the to the not just to the rugby public but to the public worldwide showing you know these are real people with real problems as well and i think another thing that you could do
0: not quite to the extent saracens ended up doing illegally is nurture extracurricular activities so you wouldn't necessarily have to go into business and fund a business but you could facilitate it you could maybe have a sort of business school or yes, su- to supply the tools for that yeah, players we, we without aren't.
1: breaching any laws <laughs> it's not a sport you can play until, you know, state-sanctioned retirement age no. so you need to have an eye on past rugby yeah. life and uh, post-rugby life, sorry and um, I think, yeah, you're right. You're so right that there should be avenues to help people explore
2: that yeah, I think that's certainly more of a thing now, where you see see players like, where they players plays in the past where they've not had anything after rugby, it's they've been a rugby player and that's all they've been, and that's certainly more a focus now where that it's the life after rugby is, is as much of a focus as the life of the, the rugby as it stands. Well, there's a recent article
1: about Dan Baker applying his trade on, on on an oil rig off um, the south coast of England. Exactly. I think it was right. while still trying to play for, um, oh, Abadeer. I think he. I think it was. I can't remember now, but. Um, well, he wouldn't go to Nelson
0: seconds if he's not training, would
1: he, mate? If he's not training, that's right. It's a touchy subject, please. <laughs> okay, um, I'm, I'm just touching on the, the, that uh, news point. Uh, there's reports this week of Alan Wynne Jones potentially being pushed by one of the big guns in the Premiership. Do you want to tell us a bit about that, Mikey?
2: Uh, it's all rumours, isn't it? Rumour has it. And uh, I'm not sure if that's on Alan Wynne Jones' radar. I think he's Ospreys to the core, and I think that's where he's staying. I think it's probably nice that clubs can wax lyrical about uh, you know having the one of the most capped cat players in the world potentially joining their club in the future. But personally, for me, I think it's a no goal. I I tend to agree. Uh, you can have.
0: It goes back to what you're we saying, really. I think. Alan Wynne by all accounts is happy in wider Australia, doing his thing and after this weekend I feel like he might be a bit buoyed
2: by the, the recent success yeah. um, I think it's rare to find a player like that anymore Yeah, whose loyalties stick to the club, the region uh, you, you do see obviously you see it in the news where players have played 30-40 years for clubs but we're talking in a professional instance where I've no doubt Alan Wynne has had contracts and offers and things flashed under his nose and It truly shows the character of the individual to say no, thanks. I'm happy where I am. Like, and that's probably only going to breed better for the the Ospreys going forward with the development of the youngsters I mean let's not talk too soon he might go <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no
0: chance and, and, quite, you know, and if he does well done to the man I mean he's been with the Ospreys practically since inception Yeah. Um, yeah. so if he does go he'd, he'd go with everybody's backing I think
2: of course and a, and a thank you and and the rest of it that comes yeah. with it but it would be difficult I think for the Ospreys fans to see him put on a different jersey yeah, play and, and I
0: don't well. think you could say about him that he went at his peak either
2: if he did no, go yeah. he's, he's given the Ospreys his best years for sure I this it's is rare to find that one who's that, that kind of player who who will give it his all to to, to the very end. We say that it's best that he had to become. Who knows? We've <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> got a World Cup coming, got well, the Lions towards that anyway, and then another World, World Cup. That after, <laughs> that, of course, <laughs> and the wheel keeps rolling it keeps sure. rolling, and, and who knows? Only Andy Wynn knows when he's going to finish. We all thought he was done, and then he
1: did a one-handed offload to Jack Morgan against Australia. So he looked right happy when <laughs> he did you <here> as well. <laughs> right. um, Well, I guess, um, again, in a similar vein, um, it was uh, released on Twitter this week, a little section of the Dragons' uh, matchday programme against uh, Poe, a statement by the OSC. Uh, pretty, um, Pretty meaty statement and straight to the point and, to be honest, raised all the good points that I think everyone has been feeling and raised themselves recently. Uh, Reese, as the person who brought it to my attention what was your opinions on it
0: yeah I loved it (laughs) like we've been well this podcast is basically because of our shade let's say lack of confidence in the Welsh Rugby Union (laughs) for one of a less diplomatic phrase Um, and yeah it touched on all the points we've touched on the community game needs to run the community game yeah and the pro game needs to run the pro game. Um, There was a little bit of politicking in there. Um, I think they said they wanted Phillips to re-engage, which could be the least worst outcome,
2: but they have to say that. They can't say, get lost, (laughs) Phillips, right? Get out. I'm not not sure if he can sort of put put aside a a little 10 minutes with every supporter in the country, but... um, I think maybe it's something that is or isn't necessarily on, on the WRU's radar is the supporters clubs. They have they they, they as as, a, as a much of, as a bigger stakeholder in them, in the regions and, and rugby is, and, and wider rugby as anyone else in the game, as those organizing it as those uh, involved with on the financial element, the, the organizational side of the structure um, so to, to disenfranchise the supporters by doing the things that have been done to date. It's not an endearing situation for WRU to leave themselves in and, and to find themselves in where, you know, it, rugby us, as we know in Wales is, is very colloquial. We find ourselves supporting our local sides, being, you know, Gwent gravitating to the Dragons and Cardiff gravitating to Cardiff and the neith Swansea area gravitating to the Ospreys and, and the rest of Wales as they claim for the Scarlets and don't forget Tom Rebel in North Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> just because of the transport links alone <laughs> yeah. but I think yeah. you know, everyone draws back to what they know And although I think regional rugby is still has a bit of growing to do within Wales there's yeah. still that element of people who'd rather go and watch the likes of your Needs your Swans your Ponties your Clenetleys your Cardiffs, rather than go along with the regional games but again I think that's a generational yeah. thing I think I used to think the children of of the inception of regional rugby would grow up being the supporters, but now they're 20 years old. Yeah. And where are they in terms of supporting? So is it their children who who are only going to really know professional rugby with the
0: regions? Th- or, are they th- out, or as they may become? I think you're right, because my, well, okay, my uncle is probably about the same age as other people's grandparents. So I think there's a two-generational shift, right? So... My uncle would take me to watch Penebride games when I was younger. And I used to love it. Um, And when I go to watch Cardiff uh, firsts play, the crowd seems to be, yeah, guys my uncle's age, guys my age, and then the next ones down tend to be the minis and juniors playing tag at half-time. And I think those sorts of outreach things now, in 10 years' time, whether I'm going to be playing... In the academies in the region, or are they going to be watching it with any lack? And you need more of that. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that is such. Like once you get the kids hooked, the parents follow.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like we all remember our favourite teams when we were younger. What's the one thing you ask for at birthday or Christmas? Is, is the full kit? You yeah. know, that brings money back into the club. Do you
0: boys remember your first kits? Not necessarily rugby. Uh, it was mm. it was the Man, yeah. kit. <laughs> Man United grey <laughs> kit. Same you with the red one. Oh. there was a, a little sports shop in Tonopandi called mm-hmm. Four Seasons Sports it's, it's not there anymore but for some reason they used to stock full Serie A kits oh, wow. so I had an AC Milan full kit <laughs> and I had a Juventus full kit I, you know, I, full. I wonder if the, 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 them
2: teams know where, where they were selling to well no Roberto Badge he was on is he? is he now? no <laughs> <laughs> Bob Badge you know <laughs>
1: Badger of football. Oh, it's, yeah, badger the football. <laughs> um, right, uh, I guess we've, we've played this to death and um, yeah. you can only flog a dead horse so much. But um, it'll be interesting to see if, if there is any sort of um, comeuppance from that statement. I'd like to think so, but as we all know, the Welsh Rugby Union is unlikely. Um, speaking of unions, big unsurprising news today released by the RFU that Steve Borfwick He's going to be taking over as head coach.
0: I said it last week. One prediction came true. Borthwick or bust. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they paid attention to you recently.
1: They
2: chose Bothwick. Do, do we know what they paid? Has that been released really I, I think it's um, the best part of a million, if not around that figure. Incredible. You know, they were never going to come cheap between uh, Borthwick and uh, Kevin Sinfield. I, I think with those two plus new coach bounce,
0: England could be good, the Six Nations. Um
1: yeah. yeah, I mean when you see what Kevin Sinfield's been doing off the pitch, uh, in raising money for um, Rob Burrows, I, I don't. I think players or th- that's a very respectful thing to do, and players in rugby will respect that type of thing.
2: But also, they'd probably just do anything for for Kevin Sinfield because of course, he's a yeah. stuff um, yeah. And absolutely, well, the things Kevin, the, the marathons and such, what a what, what an effort for for a good close friend. And actually we yeah. like, I should like the think we've got good close friends around us who would, you know a fraction of that for us if we find ourselves in the same situation so congratulations Rob, boys on what you're going to do it he, he, he strikes me as a man who walks the walk and if you're going to tell people what to do you need to be able to demonstrate yeah. a willingness yourself to have done it yeah. need, lead, and let, lead and let follow like, it. Yeah. but um, I, I, I'm not sure if this may be a sort of a, a bit off, off left, left to center opinion I think it was the lazy option interesting okay Leicester do it so well, and I feel the RFU may have bitten and gone, oh well, they're clearly the best coaching setup in the country, let's pitch them for England. I'm, I don't know if I agree, CEO,
1: I mean, I've got nothing to base this on, but I feel like the RFU would have had a succession plan in place for um, Eddie Jones after this World Cup, and... That would like I think they were keeping a close eye on how Borthig was going at Leicester with with the uh, with the intent to sign him after the World Cup. Obviously, the hand got pushed um, sooner than they would have liked. But I just don't see
2: anyone else that would fit the RFU. Um. They they typecast. I think I think they they, they know who they want. Um, and of course, like we said last week, Eddie Jones may not have been that type of person. But and they also want to promote from within. But I'm sure there's other coaches in England with just as good a CV. I think also spare a for,
0: for Leicester. Yeah. Can you <laughs> imagine? Like, okay, we are, We Cardiff are nowhere near Leicester's level, but Dai Young is doing a good job. Can you imagine how much of a gut punch it would feel right now? Oh if God! If Dai was taken from <laughs> us mid-season, just when we're sort of yeah yeah. Now apply that to Leicester, who won the the yeah. Premiership last season. It must feel like a real kick in the teeth. I mean, Wigglesworth is staying, yeah, I think. is promoted, so this, the this, there's some continuity. So you know, you'd be hoping if you're a Leicester fan that would help. But bit, oh, each like, each I would feel a bit. <laughs>
2: that again, each head coach comes comes with their own way of seeing things, and um, obviously, um, Steve Warthick was uh, top of the tree in Leicester, um, with able to of course, by uh, Kevin Sinfield and Richard Wigglesworth. But what it'll remain to be seen what what legacy is left over from um, uh, Steve Borthwick and what Richard Grudel intends to do with that that uh, first Gatland Borthwick press conference oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. salivating the <laughs> okay. prospect
0: get the popcorn out for that yeah.
1: <laughs> right um, well, that's the main news points I had if you guys got anything else you'd like to bring up
2: I'm looking at my notebook and actually this week I do not Oh. I think we've covered pretty much everything that's been over, that's grabbed our attention this week
0: so far. Yeah, and I think with this ongoing W U situation, it's going to rumble on for so many weeks. Oh,
2: I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the Christmas break. There's, there's plenty of meat on the bones for us to chew on this, I'm sure, and some excellent derbies to look
1: forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of derbies, well, I mean they weren't derbies; they were European fixtures. But let's have a recap of what was. Not a very good weekend for us. No, let's uh, get this out of the way. We apologise. Predictions wise, but
0: i um, have a great weekend for Welsh rugby. Can I just say at no point when we make our predictions are we saying you should take them as gospel and wage any stakes accordingly? <laughs> we are not liable for any, any financial <laughs> losses occurred based on our predictions. Shall
1: we do these in order? Yes, I think so. Um... Possibly the, well, biggest shock, would you say, of the the four matches? I think so, but we were wrong on a few things. Yes, we were. (laughs) Okay, yes. Um, I guess we should hold our hands up and say after two weeks of absolutely bemoaning poor, poor um, planning, logistical planning from uh, the rugby bodies, uh, turns out we were completely wrong
0: it's Still poor planning because
2: cheaters have to play in Italy, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's uh, ridiculous. And, after, and only after sort of thinking about it, reading about it, um, I do believe that the cheaters have to travel 24 hours in economy class, yeah, to get to um, Parma. I think they have to travel For this game, yeah. Uh, I think they have to travel through, I want to say, the Middle East, somewhere sort of. I think is Dubai, was, Dubai. Like the... it was ringing a bell, yeah. So, and and, and fair play to them, I mean, obviously, like you know, traveling. Economy class you would sort of think. You know, the professional players get sort of treated like kings no less. But obviously from, from what we read there, obviously. Well, I think that's what it was, guys. Our prediction probably would have been on
1: the head had they not suffered such a logistical nightmare. So yeah, it, it, it I, I also
0: I also think <laughs> if we knew that they would be travelling to Palmer twenty-four hours beforehand on a budget airline, we might not have predicted such a demolition job by I the Scarlet. I, uh, I probably would still have gotten
1: a five-bill Cheetahs win which oh, I don't know what that the says kid. about me. Well, <laughs> um,
2: So I guess, yeah, Mikey, uh, do you want to take us through this game? Yeah, um, Cheetahs, Scarlet in Parma. Um, Scarlet's done them again, didn't they? Pulled another one up of the bag and um, great, great for them. Um, got a bit of momentum behind them now in, in, the, in the competition but, the two wins that I have come within European tournament is this something that can be sustained in to the URC, into the derbies, this festive period? Um, the The impartial of me wants to see that. Considering the scarlets play the ospreys coming up, doesn't necessarily want to see them do that. There's a particular team in the West Wales derby. I'd rather see take the spoils, <laughs> and it's not the scarlets. There are
0: so many moving parts now. Because this Scarlet's performance has sort of raised my expectations of them. But then this Osprey's performance has raised my oh, expectations. Gosh, yes. of them. And all of a sudden, it's the, the picture is less clear. Yeah. And I think that's certainly going to put more buns on seats than they would have been a fortnight ago. And I, I know mm. another thing that's confusing me is um, you, you know, the quality of the opposition as well. I mean, we talk about the other games momentarily, but some teams played stronger teams than others and now we getting an, an overinflated expectation of now scarlets yeah. based on a you know a good win against maybe not the
2: best opposition and, no. um, and is is Welsh Rugby gonna stay true to form and is it gonna be another bit of a wet blanket of a game where the teams drag themselves down to each other's level and it's a race to the bottom first? Possibly. Uh, yeah, I guess um I was
1: a bit too um quick to to jump the gun there saying probably the biggest shock of the weekend um, I think we'll come on to what was the biggest shock of the weekend whilst well, rugby wise but um, you are right you know, are we now elevating what the Scarlets did to something bigger than it is um, looking at just the results because they've got to go to play the Ospreys <laughs> over the festive period who of themselves just absolutely come off a storm in results um I th- I can see this being either a dull drab dog, you know, dog fight or it's gonna be some class open open ended rugby.
0: I don't remember anything memorable from the Scarlet's cheetahs game actually. I had one eye on it and there wasn't really like n- nothing grabs me as being yeah. truly world class about the performance I think it was the Sam Lousey intercept for me yeah that's <laughs> probably sort of the one that grabs your eye most <laughs> and the fact that you and I couldn't keep up with updating Mikey on the score yeah. <laughs> as, as
2: it was happening yeah so I, I think probably shouldn't read too much into what happened there um, no the, 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 some of the stand up players managed to catch a few highlights and you know Ryan Conbier is still carving up um, Steph Evans uh, getting over in the corner um, finding himself in space and rightly saw for a winger um, uh, and the word on the on on the street was that uh, Sam Costello had an absolute storming game at upside half. Yeah, it's, I'd say like <laughs>
1: Combia had some good good runs up the wing. He's a he's a stronger than you, than he looks runner, I think, on the wing there. And Costello as well. Um, I thought he played very well against the cheetahs. It was like his sort of game where it's open mm-hmm. and he's. Reminds me a bit of Jared Evans in, in a way.
0: Yeah, he's got a sort of cheeky face
2: about him as well. <laughs> he <pretty laughs> loves dog legged defence. But I suppose we can't, I don't that we can rely on that being such an open game, the game's yep. being so open over the derby period. No, I don't know <laughs> tight affairs for sure. Right, uh,
1: then it's on to the next games, which are on at the same time, which was Newcastle against Cardiff and Dragons at home to Powell
0: let's get Cardiff out of the way first because again I don't think there's a lot to say about this one Um, last week we said what happens will basically depend on the teams that get put out yes and even though we were wrong about the result we thought Cardiff might try and get a losing bonus point rather go for the win it looked like team selection didn't reflect that not at all and Newcastle's team selection deserved a battering yeah (laughs) and that's what happened and again I don't think we read much into what happened up in Newcastle Uh, it's nice to get a win nice to be top of uh, Poulet but really when you saw the teams that got put out I was only nervous then that we might lose to an underdog but you know as soon as we started scoring tries I think that game was in the bag. and particularly like going to
2: somewhere like Newcastle um, in the conditions as what they were, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't. It's not conducive to like that open style of, oh. of play, like. But I think Cardiff threw off that, and I'm definitely sure what they can do in that circumstance. Can I, uh, A couple of points. I think it was
0: nice to see Owen Lane and Alice Jenkins come back from. You know, I wouldn't say an injury layoff for both of them, but they haven't been getting selected, and um, they linked up a couple of times quite nicely, yeah. uh, created some tries for each other. I thought that was cool. Uh, Toby played out of his skin again. Kari was a oh, one-man wrecking ball animal. for fifty minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot else to say about that one. Um, no, I,
1: I, I, on a personal uh, note, I really enjoyed the Ellis Valletta Adams. Yes, access for that try.
0: It was <laughs> like... actually yeah, Ellis Jenkins. Ran about seven metres back towards some <laughs> try like before he figured out what he was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> then before you do it, Josh Adams was going over. It was
1: yeah. <laughs> he was just like, he. I think it was... Thomas was so to get to the rock. Ellis was like, oh, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> ran <laughs> backwards a bit. Took a moment to sort of compose himself. Then, boof. Forward. Fall out on his shoulder. Fall pass. Draw and give. Adams, pace. No one's going to catch him. Yeah. It was lovely. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll move on to the Dragons then. Um, a disappointing result I think for them something that we I guess we were all just ov- overly confident that they would absolutely um, hand it to Power
2: especially after the result Power had, had the week before I, I think they invited a bit of pressure on themselves unfortunately um, I think they were they were in it and they stuck to it all game mm. it's just a little bit of um, execution at the, finding the point at the, at the final moments now then last
0: year this would have been a hammering for the dragons yeah. Yeah. and this year it was a close game and it was a disallowed try from victory so you look at the draw last weekend missed drop goal away from victory yeah. the loss this weekend a disallowed try away from victory there's been improvement of course actually, yeah. and it's now good. it's that sometimes it takes
2: a lot more improvement to get from Drawing, losing close games yeah. to winning them, and, and they're yeah. not far off it. Like it, it is that composure, that sort of like um, the disallowed try from Max Clark, the drop ball by C.O. Tompkins, Tompkinson, the the missed drop goal by Sam Davis. I mean, they're there until the 80 minutes, yeah. if not after, which is which is great. Like you said, recently you know, last season they were falling fallen off maybe at the hour, and then a yeah. team's running them in the mid, left, right, and centre. They're a fine margin team now, whereas before they were.
1: A 60 minute team
0: Yeah, they, they seem to be the other side of the coin of like Wales in 2012 where we were playing badly and winning <laughs> I think yes. Dragons are currently
2: playing well but are not quite mm. getting over the line and, and and that's a that's a kind of uh, a monkey on the back yeah. which they've got to get rid of um, it's like they don't want to be that team that feels like they've won because they've put in such a good performance, and we, I think we've all played in games where like we haven't come away with a win but my God, it felt like a win, yeah. And then, and you can see in the opposition's eyes where, like you know, they 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 drop shoulders and look it down, and they, the ones who've taken the win, but don't, but felt like they've lost. It's a, it's a peculiar situation to find yourself in sport. Like, I, I
0: remember one of those. It was uh, when the seconds played Kaffili uh, seconds, and so we lost, but you know, Cofilli seconds were belonging to a team much higher in the league's than us. Absolutely, like, and a, we
2: played a good game that day, and it, it it's it's a funny feeling, like you know, you're not supposed to have that. You lose, you lose. Yeah, you don't lose and. and and, feel, and I suppose you probably had the better drinks off the back of feeling a feeling like a win than we have. Oh, well, I guess um,
0: when was it Portugal lost like a like hundred odd something to New Zealand at the World Cup, but they did score a try towards yeah. the end and celebrated. Like, yeah, it was, gone. Tomorrow. <laughs> it was incredible.
2: And just stuck in the New Zealand, the old black side, like just think that they uh, let a let a try through from yeah. from a side like that. I think it's that old cliche, uh,
1: just quickly, where it's like um, you've got to, you you've got to have a team that knows how to win. And I think with the Dragons being so um, bad for so many years they've lost that know how and it's coming and I really hope it does come soon because it'll make those derbies even more uh,
2: I, I think it's the derbies where they're going to maybe show it unfortunately for Cardiff
0: I feel like they've gotten rid of the, the Dean Ryan monkey off their backs mm-hmm. like he his Presence in that change room seemed like a weight on them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Dye Flanagan is the opposite.
2: He's the, he's the, the light from which the dark came from.
0: Like you can see, I think when he talks, you, you can see he's the sort of guy that people want to play for. Whereas Dean Ryan, I think, was trying to make players fear him. Maybe. Yes. A...
2: Some players respond to certain things, and I think should sure die's getting that better than players right now. Like. Yeah. Um, right. I guess. Probably the biggest result of the weekend.
1: Um, Ospreys beating Montpellier
0: away. And we didn't make a big deal last week The Montpellier were reigning champions, either. No. Like, <laughs> it seems, it yeah. seems like such a foregone conclusion yeah. that you know, they were just going to a top flight French team. <laughs> we didn't it, we didn't even need, need to mention that. No, we were so blasé with it. But do you know what? It wasn't like Montpellier were playing bad. Ospreys
2: just bullied them. They went out and out and they went... Give it all beans,
0: and at one point it's like they won't be able to keep this up. No. Like they've they've gone at it, and they are, the wheels are going to fall off, and they just narrowed in. They grew into the last twenty minutes.
2: They brought on their own bomb squad. Yeah, what bomb squad? The Swansea bomb
0: squad. I think uh, <laughs> this is shit. Really, on pods.
1: and you have got <laughs> Baldwin
2: completely um, getting under the skin of Willemsa. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's sort of like what what happened in that week after the Leicester game. What, what and it's only a positive outcome of what's happened yeah. uh, I mean again it was a, a pretty close issue on the against Leicester it was a score and the Ospreys would have taken the spoilers there and, and now they've sort of gone away and come back feeling that pain and knowing how to put that pain right
0: I feel a bit vindicated because after the Leicester game a lot of Ospreys fans were bemoaning the performance yeah. but I remember saying last week actually yeah. it wasn't quite as bad as people were no. saying Beating Montpellier doesn't matter in no way, especially no, in that no. manner. No, yeah. And I really do think that uh, they're on the up. I and mean, yeah. you look at you look at the URC table. You know they've drawn two, which could have been wins. Yeah, they've
2: got quite a few losing bonus points yeah. in the bag. It's you know they're a margins team and, again. And, and whereas last season they were winning them tight fixtures, and and that was the influence that Toby Booth had is bringing out that ability to be able to grind out and and come from behind and. And close games out. Um, don't know why that's not happening at present, but maybe it's because they don't want to be awarded a trophy in the car park again. Well, <laughs> oh, there's definitely that about it. You want <laughs> all your fans around that you like, really? I think
1: um, to coin a phrase that Reese was used um, last week was turbocharged. I think yeah, the Ospreys. I think they believed that they played well against Leicester, as you called out, and I think they were pissed off with. The um, drubbing they were getting in in the media and from their fans because they lost the game, and I think they've just gone to Montpellier and just been like, you know what, you're fucking having it, and they bloody give it to them. Oh, and I think Montpellier were ready. No, but I think they probably they you you there's a chance they went into it undercooked, yeah. thinking, well, oh, you know, it's these Ospreys, you know, they, this would be an easy victory,
0: uh, and then. Yeah, it just didn't didn't transpire that way at all I've got three well, two and a half talking points here on this One Owen Williams is a fly-off option going into the Six Nations Now he's playing in Wales He's he's, he's the state me. two and two and a half how badly would Alan Wynne Jones have liked to have been there and two and a half would the result have gone the other way if
2: he was? Ooh, <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit dark, isn't it? Well, I mean, because the pack played well, they did, did very well. If you're looking at um, solid pack. If you're looking at Anna Win, second rows, you know Adam Beard, Reese davis and coming off the bench, Hugh Sutton. Um, performances from the boys there looking really strong, like yeah. Um, despite that, Rhys davis didn't get a cap. Uh, last one off of the, the internationals, and I think in Hugh Sutton there, there's a real good one to keep to keep all of as well. I'm pretty glad that Rhys Davies didn't get a cap, otherwise our feature would be
1: ongoing.
0: (laughs) 84! (laughs) But Owen Williams, he's steady. I think Gatlin, if Gatlin can make him play steady, I think Gatlin might like him. And in the absence of Anscombe, Bigger's not going to
2: be available for the whole training camp. He's got caps already, and he could add to his caps and add to him more value. Does does that make him stay in Wales? Possibly, possibly Osprey be it with the Ospreys or we'd have him at Cardiff Priestland's probably on the verge of retirement yeah I don't know I think there's meaningful space for him somewhere in Wales but where is he in the budgets
1: that's the problem isn't it with the the news that's come out this week um well happy days I think uh just a little Welsh note of the weekend, uh, was Dan Digger's personal performance for too long?
0: Yeah, I had one eye on this while I was playing dinosaurs with my nephew. <laughs> um, yeah, he seemed to play well, he seemed to be enjoying it, he got off the mark, he got onto the score sheet, set some things up, Like, I mean, as long as he stays injury free, I, I
2: stick by my opinion it's going to be good for him. Sounds like yeah. a good quintessential performance from Dan Digger sort of setting the backs off and sort of nailing his, nailing his kicks and doing what he needs to do to make sure that uh, his club are firing and uh, make sure that he's putting himself in the prime position to, for the international, for international honours. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's just kind of just jumped straight into it,
1: feet first, and I feel like, as we mentioned last week, with his tenacity and his um, sort of um, uh, aggression, And frustrations of on a pitch uh, will be suited to France, and it
0: has the potential to elevate him even further as a player. (laughs) super super bigger. I feel like (laughs) himself in France. I really do. Yeah. Like it's combative. You know, he's gonna have people trying to nail him every week, and he's gonna thrive on that. He loves it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Right. um, I guess we'll take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll be doing round three of Pivot Picked. See you afterwards. Hello and welcome back everyone Time for our main feature of Pivot Picked We've been looking at the next 23 players that Wayne Pivot used Over the next 8 international matches Including actually a handful of games where he didn't use any new players at all Shock oh. You wouldn't believe it if it wasn't <laughs> written down <laughs>
2: um, So I guess let's get straight into it then And our first selection falls to you Mikey First uh, cab off, off the rank is Callum Sheedy, 27 years old, uh, playing for Bristol in the English Premiership at fly half with 16 caps to his name. I like the look at look Callum Sheedy when he um, come on the scene to start. Um, very much that that 10 who likes to step and ball in hand and plays close to the line to bring his back division into play. Somewhere I think Wales want to go with the fly half. Yeah, I think he's a solid
0: Third choice, fly off at least. Uh, he's still only twenty-seven, so there's a bit of life in him. Yeah. Interesting little tidbit. His first use with Pivac was against Ireland, for whom he's actually eligible. Yeah, isn't he? Because he's eligible for Wales, Ireland,
2: and England. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- I'm sure he played for Ireland twenties. No, I think it was no. England in the twenties. Was in the twenties. Yeah.
1: He played. He you know. He played with Johnny Williams. Right. in an England. Uh, was uncapped it an, game It maybe? was an uncapped England game, so I don't know if it was an under twenties. Barbars, maybe. Bar-Bars maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah right. I think it was England. It was a bunch of England young English qualified youngsters against the Barbars. Um, I think he was he was the fly half we needed at the time mm. because we literally had no one else.
0: Was <laughs> he <laughs> injured then? Because he seemed to fall off a
2: cliff in terms of his favour. Well, his uses with Peacock. Mm. I think that probably. Um, His uses with Pivak probably comes off the back of how useful Pat Lamb was finding him at the time. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't think there was any huge
1: injury to note, but his performances definitely did start to wane, and I think that was the same for Bristol. Uh, I just feel like um, whether he took the news of McGinty going to Bristol personally, and it got to him a bit,
2: or Mm. whether it was just a natural lull, in, in performances or what, but I, mean, if, I think when you've got someone like AJ McKinney coming in your squad, it's gonna sort of make you think: Am I? Well, am sure. I? Am I here for the long term? Yeah, my service <laughs> the requirements now.
1: But um, yeah, I, at the moment, not someone I would consider,
2: um, like you say, as starting or serving fly half for Wales. He's that kind of ten that can come on and add a different dynamic to the game late on. Into the last 20, which can be good, it can be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I would say,
1: quickly, there's one time that I don't think I could ever forgive him. when he I think it was an intercept he caught against England in the COVID Six Nations. Um, and he basically caught an insect, realised he didn't have the legs on him, had Nui Re-Samet on his, on his mm. outside... Uh, with Johnny May turned around and coming up blaring behind them. And I was like, please pass this to Louis Ru Sami. Hmm. Please pass it to Louis Sami. We this want to be a, a foot race. Yeah, yeah, this will be a foot race, <laughs> and this is what everyone Egypt. wants to see. Um and instead he kicked it ahead. Um and uh Louis Ri couldn't regather and it was in a try, and I was just I don't think I'll ever <laughs> forgive him for denying the world that <laughs> foot race. Right. Um anything else to add, Mikey? I think we've pretty much Done the Calum Treaty adjust Justice there. Okay, so next is Therese with James Botham.
0: Thank you. Uh, Botham, Cardiff boy, nine caps, 24, still a youngster. Uh, plays across the back row, but I don't know, I uh, probably see him mostly as an eight. Uh, in his first game, he came on as a blind side flanker against Georgia during the Autumn Nations Cup. It was an interesting one, Botham. When Wales were picking him, I didn't really think he was up to much, but I think it was off the back of a bit of a back row injury crisis but this season my god like (laughs) sometimes no I'm not going to say it I was going to say I'm disappointed when Toby starts ahead of him I'm not (laughs) not going to quite go that far (laughs) but Toby and both them at number eight Cardiff are stacked I
1: think what we're
0: going to have to do Reese, is like
1: get a clip of the term turbocharged (laughs) and implement that in post-production because to coin your phrase, he has been turbocharged this season, and I don't think it's any coincidence that's come off the back of Toby joining
0: the squad. Yeah, Lupe um, joining the squad um, it goes back to what we
2: said in the past. Yeah, legends plus youngsters yeah. equals success. It's, it's, it's definitely pushing, pushing him on like in the right direction, and Toby's no doubt taking him under his wing and giving him a few pointers and tips. And, uh, and the other way around, of course. Yeah, you know, you, you I think the the youngsters coming behind certainly so keep the old heads on their toes. Like yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll say that. I mean, I I could
0: see him featuring for Gatland. It's just who knows in the back row. There's so many players and we're going to get through a few
2: today, and that's the problem. Misty, is this that depth in the back row? Yeah, the players know. don't get that opportunity no. for the club, the yeah. region, let alone yeah. 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 going forward to for Wales, which Go. which segues into another region. But that's another, trans- another trans- <laughs> tra- Um
1: And just lastly, I think it goes on to the old adage that um, as Cardiff fans do we want him wasted at Wales when he can just keep,
0: uh... oh, you know, totally, like, I, I'd love to, see, like, especially in the, uh, in the international windows, when we do somehow end up having games, I'd love to still see him playing, and I'd like to see him as captain material eventually, definitely for Cardiff, yeah, potentially for Wales, but that'll depend on his chances, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, I'd like, to think he wouldn't miss the boat for Wales,
1: for both of them, <laughs> okay, next on our list, uh is Kieran Hardy. So, uh 27, still relatively young himself, only 16 caps, and plays for Scarlets currently. Um I I'd still not sold completely on Kieran Hardy. Uh I've I've definitely been up and down with him. Like that game against England in the COVID-6 nations again, uh he was immense when he um you know he was very sharp, very quick thinking but then I just he has, seems to have games where he's very quiet and doesn't seem to be up to
0: much. I think he's a quintessential third-choice scrum-off. The, the one and two are usually there or thereabouts for a lion's place, and then the next one is fine for most of the time. And when I think when he has excellent games, that's we shouldn't
2: expect that all the time from him. He's, he's not so much of a hot-and-cold situation, but... He's a, he's a live wire where he's allowed to be a live wire where the game is conducive to his kind of play a bit like with the Scarlet's win on the weekend that game was conducive to a game where they could open up and, and show some, some true class but I think you know again another victim possibly of, of opportunity um, with, a, with with another cast he's got like um, you know he's competing with Gareth Davis with a, with a, with a heck of a lot more caps than but he's starting ahead of him with the Scarlet's but mm. How does Garland see that battle play out going forward? I was gonna say, like I mean uh Six Station
0: squad predictions is something we do closer to the time. But on Kieran Hardy specifically, do
2: we think he's in this in he's in the frame? The, is he in the squad? Uh he's on the yeah, he said he's on the radar, but again, that's it's gonna be such a tricky one to try and call. Yeah. Yeah. Um is it Blacker, the other Yeah, yeah. I think
1: Ball I think Hardy's Hardy's inclusion in the squad depends on how
2: well Blacker goes between now right. and squad selection. And the way Blacker's been playing, I think Blacker's going to sharpen his elbows and maybe force, mm-hmm. him, force his way through.
1: Something to look forward to when we come to our squad predictions, I think. Um, next in line is Jonah Holmes.
2: Mikey. Uh, Jonah Holmes, uh, 30 years old. Currently finds himself playing in the English Championship with Ealing Trailfinders. Uh covers wing and fullback and seven caps for Wales, a victim of the uh, sixty cap rule is currently in place. Um, didn't get off a contract with Dragons and finds himself on the championship. Um, solid enough, I think, but um, maybe didn't quite have that sort of star appeal of, a, of, a, of another winger or fullback like sort of Liam Williams, likes of. George North to, to actually sort of change a game great to come off the bench maybe and cover for 20 minutes but imagine being
0: Jonah Holmes you picked on the wing for Wales and then about a year later Louis Riesan comes on the scene <laughs> or oh, you're not happy really, like yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I think this is the thing with Jonah like you say he's not a game changing player he's solid mm. um, he probably helps in way that most of, ways in most, that most of us don't see mm. yeah
2: uh, and I, I thought that Dragons he was an excellent squad player. Yes. Yeah. But he'd come from Leicester, where he'd been raving, and they'd been raving about him in the Premiership, and you know, I think scoring, getting braces left, right, and centre in, in on yeah. the scoreboard, like. But um, you know, obviously more comfortable maybe at Leicester and coming through the ranks there, and then getting getting the opportunity with Wales, but then having to find himself come back to come to Wales to further his international. I think my favourite thing about him was that he got
0: to play in the same team as Moriarty, which gave us homes of Moriarty <laughs> on the <his Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I was
1: going to bring that up because I remember how excited you were when, when <laughs> you it yeah. was happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay then, next up. Oh, Bristol teammates. Sorry, we So I'm giving away your information here. Yeah, you can
0: go on. Callum, is your one Lloyd? Yeah, your one. Uh, two caps, 21 uh, substitute fly-off in this uh, Georgia game in which uh, Pivak used five new players. Um, oh, Johan. He's the quintessential Wales Online next big thing fly half, <laughs> And there is so much pressure on the kid. He's yeah. 21. He was, like, he must have been I think he was about 19. Wasn't he must have been 19 and he, I think they put him on the wing, didn't they? Yeah. And I think that's some... No. Well, he was down as a substitute fly half in this first game. And if
2: he came on... Did he- wasn't it fullback
0: maybe? I, I, I don't he know. He came on as a fly-offer. I think he was wearing number 22. Yeah. And I think, yeah, at the he's time, he was so out of his depth. And quite rightly, I mean, um I'd love to see him, you know, he plays rugby like we all like to see rugby be played oh, in the yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. Whether or not there's time and space that at international
2: levels, no. <laughs> I think it's another issue as well. It's him nailing down a position. Yeah. Like, he's it's like a bit like with some players they'll say do you want to play today yeah happy to play anyway yeah <laughs> which, which you know, can be a great thing you know you just happy to get on the field and as long as you're on there you're going to do a good job but some players need to nail down that position and say right are you a 10 are you a 12 are yeah. you a winger are you a fullback and to be fair your he's done a for Bristol has done a pretty good job at everything at the minute but it's oh, if you don't want to be the You'd want to be that guy on the bench covering everything and everyone. Yeah. Do you remember the centre experiment against um, Scarlets? Oh
1: no, no, I don't. Oh, it was last season. To be fair, it was looking all right uh, to begin with, um, but it was one of those ones. It was a bit more, a bit like um, a bit like a Nick Topkins lesson of chaos rugby. Uh, to start with, he did sadly get injured, so the, you know it came. The experiment came to an end a lot sooner than Pat Lam was probably hoping. But um,
2: yeah, I don't think he's a centre, and I, I think that's probably got a, a fair old whack to do with it. Like you know, you're looking to further your career in a position, or just just the opportunities to, to start. Like, but um, but then sort of not having the the best of games, that's gonna for one maybe dent your confidence, and maybe doesn't yeah. make the coach want to put you in that position again, be it for the benefit of the player or benefit of the wider team. The, his,
1: the best games I've seen him play uh, for Bristol are on the wing. Um, and I, I see that as his position. Um, like you say, Reese, whether international rugby is for him or not, it depends. I mean, 21's still got such a long career ahead of him. But is he now getting it by his brother? Possibly. Because yeah. his brother's coming through as as an out-and-out fly-off.
0: Yeah, the the thing with them is they they both so diminutive that I feel like an international rugby you're going to have to play them in a position where they can stay out of trouble stay out of the firing line so if you're a big team and you're playing Wales and one of the Lloyds is lined up at 10 or 12 you are going to be well, you're hammering set, down the channels you're yeah. sitting in your inside centre right down channel one. yeah and on the international stage I think that's more of a that's going to be a big problem for them and that's the level where
2: players get found out is of the club first yeah. I mean if you know if you front up and he has. if you front up defensively then you know you can roll roll with the bunches from the bigger boys mm. great but uh, if you're stepping away from them confrontations then it's pretty hard to hide we've got at least another 10 years to talk about this guy <laughs> I look forward to it
1: um, so uh, Next off the conveyor belt was Johnny Williams. 26 years old. Y'old? <laughs> old Johnny Williams. The Johnny Williams. Um, five, Only five caps. Um, Scarlet. A lot less caps than I was expecting, to be honest. It, feel, it, feels, God. it felt like um, he was pretty much a stable of the Welsh team for a long period, and so five caps seems like a lot... A lot less than
0: um, you thought he had. I think it was 1-6 Nations, wasn't it? I think yeah. he had that game against Georgia in this cup. And then he was in the Six Nations squad and I think he picked up an injury. But he played really well when he played for Wales, I thought. Had a real cracking game against England. He really did. And I think
2: that's partly because he knew a lot of the boys. I think so. I think that's got a lot to he do with it. was <laughs> comfortable. It was almost a horses for courses selection, I like, think, yeah. having played in the Premiership. I think he's still got some
0: potential to be a good 12 for Wales for another five, six years. Again, it depends
2: on how he plays, what his type of play is. Yeah. You know, we've already seen how important that 12 jersey is outside of a 10. Yeah, Um. Yeah. I mean, arguably,
0: there's such, there's such a big hole at 12 in Wales with some names getting thrown around that we're almost on a position where there's... Some candidates, but nobody nailing it down. No. Yeah. And like we said last week, you can't build a game around Tompkins. I feel like potentially you could build a game around a Johnny Williams.
1: He's more stable and more, I think, more trustworthy and you know what he's going to bring to the table than um, a Nick
2: Tompkins. (laughs) Maybe as as passive as this may sound, I think a 12 who's solid defensively is probably worth more than a 12 who's going to try something in attack and it may yeah. not always come off you'd rather a 12 not miss his tackles than, you know, fl- 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 flunk a missed pass and I think Gatland is a coach who desires
0: repeatability and good stats and I think Johnny yeah. has potentially got those things I feel like if Gatland can get his clothes into
1: him and sort of uh, bring him around his way then they I feel like he could bring the best out of him for Wales. Mm. Um, but is it potentially going to have, have a certain Joe Hawkins? Um, oh, And Keir Williams after yeah. as well.
2: I think yeah. you know, Joe, both Joe Hawkins and Kira Williams, it's a problem for me, they both play for the Ospreys. You'd like to see them <laughs> both getting more regular game time away from each other. So they're two younger on the, on the thinner end of the wedge when it comes to 12s at the minute. And I would much rather them see them dust off competitively than trying to you know better, each, you know, be better than each other in training. There's two different dynamics there. I, I think both
0: things can be useful though. I think like having direct competition at your region from a never young upstart who wants your Wales place is also a good thing. Yeah, of course it is. And yeah, I think. Ultimately, they'll be mates, and they'll probably be pushing each other on a bit. Can yeah. I just add
2: to that? There's no such thing as mates and team. I was your friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: you, you, like, you go back to um, I don't know are you know, with drive to survive Formula One documentary. No, no. There's a quote in there from one of the drivers, not uh, can't remember which driver it is, but you know, there's a number one driver, number two driver. There's teams. I don't agree with that. That's maybe for another podcast. But um, forbidden love, Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, off the One time. <laughs> of the drivers there said, "You know, your, your teammate is your biggest right." And going off on a bit of a tangent, you know, about Formula One, like you you you've seen it with with the Red Bull drivers. They start with 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 Red Bull, sort of the, the team owners, and you know number, number if you, the number two drivers ahead, number one overtakes. So I s- struggle with the fact is your you closest. Your teammate is your closest the closest rival, there's not some niggle there.
0: Oh, there'll be yeah, totally. There'll be I, I like to think it's a friendly rivalry, but maybe I'm naive. So you saying you wanna see Joe Hawkins
1: and Kieran Williams drag racing for their Wales spot. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, bringing bring it back around, the next two games that Wales played, um, against England <clears throat> and Italy actually um, Pivac used no new players no
0: new players alarm <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is rather <laughs> so I mean I think in episode 1 we covered one game episode 2 I think we got through like 9 games or something 10 11
2: so 11 games before he stopped experimenting and by then you know that with some players you either know they're in or you don't but he does revert to form in a moment <laughs> <laughs> and they ran nothing the lesson. And then
1: the next game Wales played, uh, he used three new players. <laughs> um, starting
2: off with uh Amos, Mikey. Halem Amos uh, retired to pursue a career in medicine. Um, at the time that the deal, uh, he was 28 years old, went from the Dragons to the Blues. Covering wing and back and did you one a week? Apologies, <laughs> it was blues of the time. It was blues of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, technicality, technicality. <laughs> covering wing and full-back with little double at centre along the way. Uh, Twenty-five caps. Um, I think it was all. It was all there for him. I think he had all the attributes. He had the opportunities. but somehow, I don't think it. It actually clicked. He had moments where it looked like right yeah we got this guy and he's nailed on now and he's he's there for the for the long term but then he would kick in the 22 how long's going to happen he struck me as some like he's, a,
0: he's obviously a smart man um but i feel like he would suffer from lapses in concentration perhaps mm. because like the dive into the corner <laughs> flag yeah. sort of, like if he had any sort of awareness of who was chasing him he he realized he didn't need to dive it was <laughs> it was so bizarre because he would go from good Hallam to bad Hallam in a matter of seconds yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly I think you know, with, with his retirement I, I think it was the right choice for him I, I, some people you see they live and breathe rugby I think Hallam was smart enough to know he was good at it he could get some money out of it he could have a good
2: career he could see the world but I think he got what he wanted out of it Yeah, certain mm. boxes you want to take in the, as a yeah. professional rugby player yeah. so I think sometimes you the box you ticked are limited by your own imagination. Yeah, and I think his drive to improve was probably more
0: in the medicine realm than yeah, it was in the course. rugby realm. Yeah. Fair play to him. Yeah, it is admirable, admirable,
1: admirable to see um, someone decide that, you know, 28, so he could have still easily eked out a few more seasons, yeah. uh, you know, before going into medicine, but fair play to him. All the best. I hope he... Absolutely. Well, in the nicest centre, but I never have to see him I as mean, a doctor, as a professional. Pass me. Moving on then to Rodri Jones. Reese?
0: Yeah, uh, Rodri Jones. Now, I always seem to end up with front row players. You've got a swap, I've got lots of wingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, a substitute loose said in this uh, game against Ireland. Uh, currently at the Ospreys. Uh, Ospreys? Dragons. Dragons. Um, like uh, I do know I'm gonna defer to you on this one. I <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you a lot about Grodread jones It was, was a shock to me to see him in the latest Wheel Squad. Oh, no, I do know one thing. Gatlin used to think he was a tight dead,
2: everybody else used to disagree, and now he's gone back to being the mm. root Yeah, there was that as well, wasn't it? But he, like you listen to some props and they try and swap from one to the other, and they say it's like trying to write with your other hand. Mm. Difficult to grasp to start But you know When you get used to it You get used to it But When it comes to Roderick Jones I think In his last selection With with the last whale squad It was like out of nowhere Yeah Um, I'm not sure if there'd been That regularity With the Dragons As such To sort of To promote him To the whale squad And It's kind of like I thought his time had gone You know He'd had an opportunity younger But obviously Pivak had seen something In him which he liked but again, he put him in the squad and game time for Wales was limited as well. So there's so many different things to think about when it was when he was playing at the, the thicker end of his career Then to the Dragons, and then sort of in and out with the Wales. Mix. It's, it's really, I find, it a bit tough to sort of kind of handle where he yeah. was with the coaches at the time and particularly with the, the, the last iteration of the Wales squad where he was in. He was like, right, okay, well that's a bit you know, there's other props who are starting more regularly in Wales I feel like Pivak tinkered a lot at Lucette prop in his later days there
0: was, there was a, there's a few like I think in uh, especially in the next episode I think we're going to see a few more but yeah like it, it seemed like his least I would say his first choices well he actually even the first choice. I mean think of like guys like Rob Evans and Wynne Jones and Nicky Smith um, like and then but Below that, you've got all these other candidates. And yeah, loose head prop is something he never really nailed down. No, it, it became quite diluted, to
1: be honest. And yeah. uh, he didn't, even towards the end, he didn't seem to really know who his starting loose head prop was, which it, it just doesn't help with any set of a squad if you're constantly... How can a pack set of them become exactly. dominant if they
2: don't know what their front row is like? It's, you know, it's ridiculous. It's difficult, you know when you swap in and out of mm. props and hookers in second rows, that, that constant, thinking from a, purely from a scrummage perspective. You've got to have a symb- symb- symbiotic relationship yeah. between the, f- the three front rowers, and, and if you, that's if, if, if a component of that is constantly changing. And you, you've got to know how your hooker binds, how the mm. tight dead binds, where the second row wants to put his hands, you've got to make sure they're warm maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but and, 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 and that all makes things click, you know, you know yeah. and, and you have confidence then, right, we know what we're doing here, we've got to we can get a bit of go forward, like, but that revolving door is apparent in other positions as well, so it's not just exclusive no. to the front row. Um,
1: right, next up, uh, I have fallen on a Dan Idiot, 34, 69 caps. Nice. Wee. <laughs> Osprey's Boy and Blindside Flanker.
0: Yeah, Pivac only managed to use him five times as well. Uh, but then injuries played their part, yeah. mm. oh. particularly the latter end
2: of his career. He's
0: yeah. a he's a phoenix, isn't he? Oh yeah. Oh.
2: I only thought we'd seen the last of him. Yeah, and yeah. a great agree. I don't know yeah. where again. Again, much in the same way as Roger Jones, act of act of obscurity. Like, but yeah. you know, no, just no, it, career speaks for itself, you know. Like I said, yeah, the, the the best moments of his career back sort of in the Garland days were. Yeah. You know, the, the lumberjack of the squad, oh, chopping trees left, right front, and yeah. centre. If I
0: recall correctly, he got injured very early in the second yeah. game. Yeah. And yeah. that was it for a little while. Yeah. It was a bad injury. Because, yeah, I think he had that injury and then
1: obviously came back again. Was it this year? Yeah. And got injured again? Yeah.
2: Mm. And uh, it's, and it's like when you start picking up the niggles yeah. Yeah. quite regularly, you've got to be in your mindset, whether well, it's this for me anymore. I, at that I, level. I think with
0: your your Jack Morgans, etc., well, coming through, that might be the last you see him in a Wales jersey. And uh, through North of his own? Oh, God, no, and what a career. Yeah. He's, he's got a farm
1: don't have to think. look after, hasn't he? So, you know, maybe it's his main. farm, maybe it's for the
2: bear. <laughs> <laughs> do you boys come across him in Young Farmers at all? Uh, no, to be no, honest. Uh, not directly. I don't no. even know where his farm is, do you? It's so, up um, North. F- Deep let's let's not dox down <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Wales. He has a <laughs> farm in Wales. He's <laughs> huh? um, probably been on other podcasts. So yeah. It's probably,
1: I mean, like, long and short, Welsh rugby legend will always have, yeah. be held in high esteem amongst Welsh rugby fans. Yeah. And it was great to see him have a bit of a swan song. And yes, it didn't go as well as everyone would hope because of the injuries. But he was looking reinvigorated when he came back and you know I don't know if I agree I think he could be lingering around squads on the oh, fringe Yeah, but I it, it all depends on like like Mikey said how he comes back from these injuries now and where the rage will play a part in that Um ok I was a bit gutted that I didn't get this one but, uh <laughs> the next uh, utilised by uh, Wayne Pivak was Ulysses Halaholo I hope I've said your name right sorry if I haven't
0: I feel like of all the professional rugby players, Willis is the most likely one to listen to a fan podcast. To be honest, Willis. I, uh, Hello, we love uh, you. I <laughs>
1: mentioned him once when he was getting all the abuse for being, selec- being selected. Because, um, oh, sorry, Mikey. i have feel feel like, like, on of it. Like, like,
0: carry on, carry on. Please. I feel like he does take stuff personally, and he does read the abuse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, a, it was quite tough to see that. Was no, I let Mikey uh, give
2: us the facts. Yes, and the facts and figures, <laughs> Ulysses. More effectively known as Willis to the spoilers, Halaholo, 32 years old, uh, playing for Cardiff uh, via the Hurricanes in New Zealand, (laughs) uh, playing centre with 10 caps to date. Yeah, like he's a redemption
0: story Willis. Like he had a pretty hard life in New Zealand, had some personal demons, came to Wales, turned it around, got his kids, got his family... And I think he's really settled here, and I think he's woven himself into the fabric of Cardiff and Wales' life. Yeah, well,
1: it's like he said in, in the interview he did with the Scrum 5 podcast, you know, he's got, he's got two, two daughters born in Cardiff, uh, you know, born in Wales. That's when you find yourself in a situation like that, you feel more grounded to something. Yeah, like, I, I follow him on Instagram, and, like, he's a very family-orientated man, and... Um, it's, it's to see. Uh I know it's difficult when you're the other side of the world from, from all of the family. But um yeah, I me- messaged him when it, I was a bit drunk and it was when he was getting all the abuse just for being selected for Wales, which is just absolutely batshit. And I just said to him, like, Oh, don't 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 listen to the to the few mates, you
0: the many that well, are desperate to see you in a Welsh show, he actually responded, did he? Yeah, no, amazing. Amazing. Oh, uh, no, he's done some lovely things as well. Like, you see him on Twitter, and he's he's always doing a kit giveaway. and He, he does he interacts with it, like, he was on the other day asking if anyone knew a mechanic in Cardiff, which is like, a, <laughs>
2: like I love that about him. You know, he's a lot, a lot of people have got like this wall up between yeah. them and the public, but yeah. no, he's, yeah. that, that, that bit of realism goes a long way as well yeah. sometimes. Like, and you know, it's, it's, the, it's that engagement, it? like, you sometimes you think international players, professional players. Uh, far and away yeah. way. but at the end of the day they've still got to do the dishes like, yeah. like we have they've still got to put the washing out and Mikey on the pitch if he wasn't quite injury prone do you think he could have had a bit of a mainstay for Wales at 12 he was certainly looking like that wasn't he I mean he was certainly more like you know if you can put a 10 outside, a ten inside him Yeah, that can help him play. Can bring him to the line and depth at the step with a bit of power and yeah. an offload is kind of what I'm well, one from a 12 what I see is is key for a 12 another building to so, sort of not only break the game line, but have that soft skill set as well do you remember I think was it this game um, the Scotland
0: game where yeah I think he he came on and immediately made a difference he threw a brilliant to take to, and give this pass. And yeah, see, it? yeah. Okay. and like it goes back to something I said in the past sometimes you feel like the, the Kiwi imports to Wales have a rugby intelligence yeah. about them and they make the pass sometimes. Yeah. It's selfless, like, isn't it? Rather mm-hmm. than sort of like these. It was well. It was. It was. I remember it very
1: well because um, I was absolutely bouncing when it happened. It was such a good team move. Where it was. Was
0: off his wrong hand
1: as well. It was, yeah, because it was. Um, I think it was a bit of a set play because it was um, past the beard, who kind of went and turned in contact, chucked it out to Halaholo who came around the back, and then um, just chucked the pass out to. Louis Zamet, who did that amazing run up the wing, chip over hog, yeah. g- gather and score. Like. Without breaking, like his face just <laughs> stayed like the whole time. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, unfortunate with injuries, uh, hello, hello. Um I'm just devastated for him because I'm so desperate to see him play against New Zealand because I think he would absolutely relish that. And both times he's been injured um, yeah. leading up to those games. Uh, so absolutely gutted. Um we're looking at 32. So, Sabi time is against him. Yeah, the um, long end of the, the wedge. Really, it'd be interesting to see um,
0: uh, if Gatland uses him in the in the. Because yeah, was he ever available to Gatland? I don't I think, he, don't think he, was. he was. I think he, the, the, he first become available. It'll depend on when he comes back from his current injury as well. I think
1: um, I think he was because I think he was selected in the squad, um, the same squad as. Um, Oh, the centre who went to Japan. Hadley. Hadley. I think he was selected in the same squad as Hadley because I remember that's the mm-hmm. point he was making. No one was abusing Hadley Parks, but everyone was abusing mm-hmm. uh, but, Possibly, But, but. then he got injured, so he couldn't actually... And I think that was the 2019 Six Nations. This one's about... Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I think that was uh, some... I can't remember any. But... Um, uh, so, Halo Hora was actually... The last new player Gatland used for the next three games.
0: Can I jump in here? Yes, please do. There was some success with no new players here because we beat Scotland, <laughs> and then we beat England, <laughs> and then we beat Italy, and we nearly beat France for the Jam Slam. Oh, God. The, oh, this consistency did pay off for Pivac. Exactly. And what happened after that? Well, <laughs> shall we find out? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about that France game. Uh, sure. Okay, so after some consistency and (laughs) triumph, Pivot went back to what Pivot does best and decided to bring in one, two, three, four, five, six new players Um, for what was quite a resounding win against Canada, but was against Canada. So um, we've got up first, Tane Basham.
0: My one desire for Tane Basham is to play alongside Beetham and Basham and uh, Botham. Right? If we get Beetham, Batham and Bosham <laughs> You <laughs> can't even say it now. <laughs> ba- no, I can't. Beetham, Botham and Basham in the same team. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> and, like some sort of cartoon bunnies. Yeah, and, and maybe develop a grab <laughs> Then uh, I, I'll be, I'll be love your life. Uh, Tain, 23. You, you could not, You could be forgiven Think he's a little bit older. 11 caps, dragons, another back row player with immense talent all 11 caps coming from Pivac uses I really thought he stepped up well definitely yeah and very it's, much I think it's only his injuries that have stopped him yeah
2: pushing I mean, Tupric choice yeah and uh, two has been out a fair all while and, and you'd think like any other open side would, would come and take take the opportunity when it was presented to him yeah but um, yeah, yeah he, he did, it's like you almost want to Swap your squad around week to week when you've got such, such a great depth in the back row. I mean, I you, you can't select 10 back row in your squad because that's, you're limited to, 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 to very few in the squad numbers. Like, but yeah, again, done, done nothing wrong and come on, leaps and bounds. I think he was one of those ones that
0: people said he's going to be too small to make the step up. Mm. And he wasn't. No, no, no. He, at
2: all. he, he was incredible. And if that's the case, it's been a, a bit of a running th- a running theme with yeah. rugby over the last few years. I mean, look at sort of um, Hamish Watson. No. Pinball wizard for Scotland, and then like you, know, you can go back with Shane Williams, he was only really too small. Oh, DuPont, DuPont, um, and then you look at sort of someone like Morgan Morris, who was who's touted again, is maybe not being big <laughs> enough, but what a performance from the weekend just yeah. passed. Cool. Do you think you'll go an episode without bringing Morgan Morris up? I don't know, we'll see
1: you soon. <laughs> <as it's... laughs> um, next in line, uh, Ben Carter, 21 years old, nine caps, Dragons. And uh, is a lock. Um, I would admit, I don't know a lot about Ben Carter. And
0: I can't say <coughs> Excuse he's someone that's ever really stood out me. to me. I think young and promising. Yeah, that's some. The two words are spring to mind, certainly. But maybe not quite as promising as some of the other candidates of lock. Mm. I know Osprey's fans yeah. say it's going to be Rhys-Davis. Yeah. And I know fans looking across the bridge are going to be looking at Christians and Dave Jenkins. Um well, I don't think Shins is going to be a lock anyway. Is do you he? not?
1: Like, I, I, I want I'm him. I will see him as a lock. I want am. him to be a lock. But when he's absolutely tearing it up as a blindside flanker for Exeter.
0: Yeah. We're in open side but playing
2: blindside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's probably one of them things like with with Johnson you've you've got to get him on the pack, mm. Be it back row be it second row he's like that around the park in his yeah. outside of that sort of like set piece, then you know you're going to get that player on the park. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's similar things around like you know Marutoji. Got a kind of England feel. You've got to kind of get him in the park. But oh, he knows? Another one. I th- but I think with Carter,
0: he's promising enough that I think at worst he's going to be. A good backup. Yeah. Because there's there's a weird number of locks of a lot of life left in the legs. But and not a lot of caps between them. Exactly. So I think within the next four to five years we probably set on a partnership.
2: But the backups will be reasonable level players. And, I think. and they've got to get our exposure as well to make sure yeah. that if and when the time comes in with them two solid second rows can't play together. Yeah. They've got to be able to put in an equal If not, push performance for better. Yes. I think, um, just quickly, like looking at
1: some of the ages um, of of the forwards coming through, we've got the potential to have a pretty established dominant pack going Mm -hmm. into um, Australia in 2027. Um, And you think about the ages now, like it's a chance for them to get some good experience and be sort of at the peak of their games going into that World Cup. It's exciting to see.
0: And a, I know for like gnarled yeah. old dogs like ourselves, four years away from World Cup doesn't
2: feel like a lot, but for a 21-year-old lot yeah. four years away is going to feel like a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's sort of how these younger players with limited caps get utilized in squads over the next World Cup yeah. uh, period, World Cup cycle. Because the worst thing would be if they don't have the opportunity to prove their ways. And there's a lot of games to play over the next. Mm. I mean, there's there's Autumn Nations Cups, there's Six Nations, there's Summer Tours. so there's, there's Lions. Lions and all. So there's, there's a lot of, plus the week-to-week stuff, so there's a lot of, a lot of boxes to tick over the next few years from. Uh, next up we have Mikey with Tom Rogers. Yeah, Tom Rogers, 23 years old, Scarlet's wing fullback with two caps to date um, I'll be honest like we be said before I'm, I'm not too familiar with with Tom Rogers but um, obviously Pivac seen something in enough to, to have a look like but uh, uh, maybe he's one of their boys who'll be a, a good club player I well, think so being able to sort of through no fault of his own maybe through opportunity alone um, not be able to sort Make that step up to the to to more international honours, unless maybe there's uh, a development tour yeah. or an A team, which yeah. I'd like to see back in the mix. He um, he strikes me as
0: competent, professional, club legend level. Um, he's he's unlucky that he's shown up at a time where so many superstars exist in the back three.
2: and I being sort of overtaken by the likes of Rio Diya.
0: Yeah, and if if I was being and um, like. I don't know if I was being mean I'd say something along the lines of Pivak used him because he knew him from his Scarlet Days. and and there's a
2: little bit of that not just with someone like Tom Rogers
0: either yeah right Uh, I don't really have much to add to be honest I
1: don't know a lot about Tom Uh, Reese. we have Gareth (laughs) Thomas
0: I have landed on yet another loose head (laughs) (laughs) so you can see where this is going to go Gareth Thomas, 29 years old. I always had not down as a young upstart, but there we go. 17 caps, bit, of which all were pivot uses. I, I don't know a lot about Gareth Thomas of the Ospreys, voice.
2: Pretty solid up in it some good performances. I think he's definitely um, worthy of his, uh, his call-up and um, the caps he's had to date. Um, You're developing that depth that Luke said. The the (laughs) problem is, if you spread depth out, it becomes shallow. That's (laughs) that's (laughs) how volume works. Yeah, I suppose you even look at Garth Thomas. He's keeping in there with with um, Nikki Smith for the one jersey for the Ospreys. It's a good point. Where again, an informed Nicky Smith is good at playing regular Garth Thomas. Is good to have playing regular. I don't. I, it's, it's another situation where these two guys are competing with each other for the same jersey internationally, with alongside each other in the same region as well. Mind you, if Gareth Thomas
0: wounded at the Ospreys, would you have wearing seventeen on a weekend? Gareth Phillips.
2: <laughs> the third you've said. and and a lot is Rhys Henry as well. You know, in the in the Ospreys as well. Um, it's not as if they haven't got. Of props, but I do think you need your, 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 your top end players playing regularly, not against each other. I, I think of the loose head props Pivak picked
0: that sort of felt like he was going outside the established loose heads.
2: Gareth Thomas seems like the most sensible selection. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's unremarkable, but he goes about his business. Yeah, he's a, no, a win Jones. In in a way, like you know, solid enough in the scrum. Like, and sort of, you you don't see him with the ball in the hand, so much like a risk carry. Okay, but obviously he's, he's doing something worth of his of his position, and, and fair play to him.
0: Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Um Next up, we have Ben Thomas, twenty four, two caps, Cardiff, uh substitute. Well. Plays fly half, wing, centre, full-back. <laughs> yes.
0: Came <laughs> um, okay, with a substitute fly half in this game. i like to look at
2: this guy. He, he, he runs really balanced, like Gavin Henson. Mm. Mm. And he's in a 12 jersey. I think he looks a lot better at 12 than he does at full-back. And, and 10 as well. So I, yeah. I think his future is infield. I f- just about degree. I don't think he might have the out-and-out out pace for back three.
0: No. And, yeah, one thing I've noticed, he's still young and he's still developing, yeah. is sometimes if he has to rush a pass, it goes away. Yeah. Um, but that, I think that'll come... Oh, I, think he's got, I think he's got quite a high ceiling. Yeah. And with exposure to that, those sorts of pressures, yeah. I mean, he's going to
2: come good, I think. I, I think I, I'm not sure whether, whether it's a thing of... Of injuries with the Blues in the minute while he's playing fullback, or is it does he become does he become that important to the Blues that he needs to be on the park and he's just fit them in some way? Because like you know with, with the likes of the centres of the guy like Mason Grady Max Swelling, I know Mason Grady had a hell of a game you know, the other weekend the last week, last weekend, but I, I they've got to let Ben Thomas be Ben Thomas where his best. I think you're right. Now I think is uh,
0: fifteen appearances have been cameos because you know, the plan would have been for Liam Williams to there a lot, oh, yeah. backed up by um, Jacob Beetham or Cam Winnett both of whom haven't had, well all of those three haven't had great injury like this season and I think I think I'm right in saying Winnett is now going back through the rags um, so yeah, Cardiff I think we'll be looking to see him play at 10 and 12 in the future and with Max off we might start to see that sooner rather because I know Max limped off against Newcastle mm. so we may see Ben deputising for well Max no yeah I agree I think um,
1: I, I I don't hate him at fullback because he's got a good boot on him Yeah, he's got good rugby um, knowledge so he knows where he needs to be yeah the pace is the downs, downside of um, uh, of his of him playing at fullback but I think um, I think having watched him closely since he came on the scene he's definitely gotten better and better yeah
0: and this is the thing you can see him improve yeah like you'll you identify a weakness at the start of the season and by the end of the season it's, it doesn't seem to be there all, quite as pronounced yeah. no and I like that he seems, seems calm he seems collected yeah. he seems cool and a good bit of vision as well to uh, see, see the opportunities outside I think he'll add to his caps
1: yeah, yeah I, I definitely think uh, well yeah Okay, next up after Ben, we have uh,
2: Josh Turnbull, Muggy. A return to the fold almost for Josh Turnbull. Yeah. Uh, Josh Turnbull, 34, playing at Cardiff. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Covering back row, second row, with 13 caps to date. Um, Looks like a return to the fold for Josh Turnbull Um, in previous squads. Uh, I think he's matured as a player more recently. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him involved in a squad right now. I think um, some, uh, some players do take that a little bit longer to mature into the player they want to be. It's a good um, point. Um, where Toulon know, may have been a bit, a bit looser yeah. previously and a bit sort of hot-headed. I think down I mean, that captaincy at the Cardiff, he's done it again, <laughs> um, has has done, as done right for him because there's, sometimes there's a bit of a theory where you give the naughty boy the captaincy and, and make an example of him. Yeah, but um, maybe not so much in this instance. Like, but um, you know, I think he certainly solid enough for Cardiff. Bit of a club legend, like you boys alluded to, maybe. Yeah, but um, maybe Cardiff supporters wouldn't want to see him disappear to Wales so often. But it's, yeah, like
0: for me, the Turnbull that
2: Gatlin used to pick is completely different from the Turnbull
0: yeah. that we've got now, very yeah. yeah, much so, and. Heart and soul solid player. And yeah, we're so blessed with up and coming, I think, world superstar level loose forwards that we're not gonna see him play for Wales again. Oh, and yeah. it's a shame. Um, given the age Bracky's into that yeah. mid thirties. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think he was worth his 13 caps, but probably not much more. I mean, you think who he was competing with... Of course, yeah. in, ...in the Gatland era. And, and I, I, I think 13's about right for, for Josh. And together, 13 is no mean feat. Yeah, 100%. 30 more than us, <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think, I think the lack of caps and his age are what will play against him being selected in the future for Wales. Um, and how he plays for Cardiff, I've got no problem with that. Yep, <laughs> yep. Solid sort of enough on there. Um so then we now move on to uh well there was another game that he chose no new players and that was the first of a doubleheader against Argentina that summer.
0: Yeah that was forgettable that uh that fantastic thing. Oh they were terrible. Clash of the Lions, didn't they? Uh, I believe so. But um
1: I remember watching both games and they were so bad. Yeah, so uh um but we're not here for that. No. <laughs> um, and then in the second Argentina test, he did actually use Matthew Screech. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, interesting fact about Matthew Screech, his mum used to cut my hair. No oh, way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to be nice about Screech. He's He like, um, played most of his rugby dragons, currently signed to Cardiff, back alone with the dragons, I believe.
2: Yeah, spoke
0: um, right. yeah. I like having Matthew Screech in my uh, club squad. I think he's solid, he's dependable,
2: seems good up in the air. Big boy. Much in the same way as Ben Carter. Yeah. yeah. In that in that kind of bracket of Um, of reliable and relatable. At
0: 30 years old, I don't see him adding to his Wales caps, but I'm glad he got one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shame that it came with a you know a bit of an injury crisis Uh, but yeah, I think he's I feel like he's somehow happier at dragons than he is at Cardiff. Um, possibly there's more competition in Cardiff, or maybe it's a
2: culture thing. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't like Dean Ryan. I know he's back there because Dean's gone. this it could be any number of things. I mean, like he was competing with like Seb Davis, Rory Thornton, yeah, with the blue with Cardiff. Maybe done it again, <laughs> and um you know with the Dragons, the outgoing Will Rowlands. Yeah, but um, yeah. You know, but does he see more opportunity there? Um,
0: I think he's got a, now a solid four to six years as a lock. Yeah. In in Wales. In one of the regions, they'd be be glad to have him. Of course,
1: yeah. I I could see him signing back for Dragons, to be honest. I think he's playing... He's enjoying his rugby there, and he's going to get a lot more game time than he would have Cardiff. Right, that takes us on to the next one in the list, which is Gareth Anscombe, 31-35 caps. Currently at the Ospreys, but as we all know, is signed for... uh, uh, what, has he signed? Or? I, no, r- it r- It's rumoured to
0: power.
1: The pal- r- rumours r- the, the are
2: so
0: strong, you've got to believe them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in <some> sense, yeah. <laughs> um, playing at fly half. Uh, well, played at fly half in this match, used as fly half or full back. Um, gutted for him, is all I can say, yeah. because he's someone that definitely had that potential, and when he's when he has had a good run for Wales he's been immense like i remember that um six nations where him and Dan bigger were alternating games yeah. and um it was working so well Yeah, run, run up to the world cup run up to the world cup and it was it was it was great everyone was so excited for it and then the stupid world cup warm up where he done his knee in and that was it for him and i just he's had such a bad luck a run of luck with uh, injuries it's been frustrating to see um And I'm I'm happy. I'm amazed he's got as many as thirty-five caps. When you think about the injuries and the length of time he's been out. Yeah, and
0: Um, another one on the horizon. mm, Like might not make the Six Nations. And Gatland, well, first of all, Ospreys won't be happy with that. Uh, He's an asset there, which is why they've had to bring Owen Williams in. Yeah. Uh, Gatland likes him. I think Gatland trusts him to execute the sort of game plan he likes to play. Uh, So Warren G ain't going to be happy. No. Um and i and most of all, caravans ain't gotta be <laughs> happy. Loved him at Cardiff Yeah, I yeah. gutted to see him go. Um uh, remember Osprey's there put up a fucking billboard outside the arms <laughs> and, uh, saying our blood is black with a picture yeah. of Garavans come. Yeah, Like on one level my other the shit hours or even ours. Yeah. oh
1: god, yeah, That's that um, reveal video where, they, yeah. where he's in hospital with, with, an with, IV with, yeah, with yeah. A, a black blood or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's,
2: uh, so, so, it's, it's tongue in cheek in it, like you know that. No, it really happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's that kind of thing. Which I think tra- tra- transcends, like you know, you, you, you yeah. the, how you feel about your own club, like, you You got to take a laugh, like, and, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, but if he ever shows his face of Podcatter oh, <laughs> I in Podcaster again, he's done for. I see him in
1: ilk anymore.
2: <laughs> right. But, um, I think with, with, we'll just go back to Hanscom just yeah? a, a second. Um, If he is looking to move away from Welsh rugby, with only the 30-odd caps that he currently possesses, what has that done for Wales? Oh, it's hard,
0: isn't it? I think, yeah, he's an asset for Wales. And in the same way, I was sad to see Hadley
2: go and Jake Hall go. Again, I see this in the same vein as Hadley. Look, somebody's flashed a bit of a couple of euros under his nose, or a couple of yen under his nose, and... It's 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 a draw. Flip side,
0: I mean if you're as injury prone as Gareth and you might well, not get another big contract. Yep, you're offloaded in a bit of an issue bit of a or, uh, you, you, you and well and if you're Gareth Anskroom, you're secure to yourself for another couple of years because he'd have been across this issue with the WIU before yep. we were. Yeah. And if Ospreys weren't able to extend him yep. and poke him along and they say he has eight hundred Euros a season, I'd and you know, if I had the same injury yeah. luck like as him.
2: 800,000. What did I say? (laughs) 800,000. I don't think you can have a bet for (laughs) 800 (laughs) euros. Yeah, well, that
1: concludes. Um, But yeah, but on the flip side of that, like, as injury prone as he is, going to a very tough league, like the um, top 14 is, bear in mind... Poe might be relegated this season and go into the, into the Pro de, de yeah. Trois, which yeah. is even more vicious and, and de hot. De. De de. <laughs> um
0: You know, it's, it's a risky, risky move, but like you said. Oh, can you imagine Gareth Hanscom in Pro de Trois? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tasty league. It really but is. I mean,
1: it I'm going to keep
0: an eye on that. Um, we we should go and watch a match as a pod. Oh, if who ends up playing in the second uh, level of French rugby, oh, we should go on a pod holiday. Yes, yeah.
2: some, some obscure town in, uh, in France, this year or something. Yeah, general, <laughs> an that's it's for work. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay. Uh, oh, next on the list is Kirby Mayo.
2: I'm sure you boys have set me up with all these Cardiff players. <laughs> it's, I, honestly, it's, it's, honestly, uh, me and Rhys sat down and it's just how they came out the hat. You did. I bet it's you it did. It's just sit how down. they
1: came out the hat.
2: A likely story. But like, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, Kirby O'Reilly, oh, wow. uh, 30 years old, Cardiff. Getting better. Thank you. Uh, hooker with uh, the solitary cap. As far as I'm aware, the only Welsh rugby player ever to be named after a Super Mario character. As far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, again I think probably another, another circumstance maybe of being in a, a, a position where, where there's been stalwarts and reasonable depth to, to, to a degree I think this New
0: Zealand test was one of those outside the window tests where we also had some injury problems yeah and we had to draft in some guys who were only going to play this one game yeah. in fact yes I remember this now um it was hammering down all week as well. Was like they've just yeah. got to leave the roof open and like level the playing field. Of course they didn't. And, um, and yeah, we got hammered. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Kirby's cap was an artifact of, of that reality that week. And as you know, he's a professional rugby player. He's a pro athlete. He's far, far, and away better than any rugby player as we know.
2: Uh, he probably isn't going to get capped again. Unfortunately, and and it's, it's it's disappointing. Like you know, for for the individual. Yeah. Yeah, to, to sort of maybe, maybe we're right hopefully we're wrong mm. um, you know, for him to get a, f- a few more caps to his to, to, his, to his tally but um, comparing to the sort of other the, the hookers he plays with I mean like Christine Desi yeah regularly puts on a performance yeah, uh, yeah. Christine Dacey was being a regular cap player as well he was for a while yeah and um, another <coughs> ponty boy thanks <laughs> but, um, but uh, and again sort of competing with Ken Owens, yeah. um, Richard Hibbard as well through his tenure, uh, and now, yeah. now, now Bradley Roberts as well. And, yeah. you know, I think, I'm i not saying kubik could might couldn't do it, but again, is he getting the regular game time for Cardiff to put himself on the map for Gatland going uh, forward?
0: Yeah,
2: our, our situation at Hooker isn't great. I mean, we, since Matthew
0: Reese, really, we haven't really had a, a worldie there. And he, he was another Ponty boy who was a worldie. Oh, he was. Hi, he lives, lives in my parents' estate. He does not uh, dox another player. <laughs> <laughs> he drove past us at one time when we were going for a run. He did, he did. Um, yeah, like, so, you know, between Belcher, and Hill and, and Daisy. yeah, you know, we're not stacked there, but, you know, they, they're all as solid as each other, really. You um, like could have the revolving door and not lose anything, really. Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: next, on the chopping board... Was Reese Priestland?
0: Yeah, so Reese boy, 35 years old, 56 caps, also in the loss to New Zealand. Um, so, Reese, when he came on the scene in. Well, he burst on the scene in 2011, and he? When we had an injury in the World Cup warm ups against England, and all of a sudden was bringing Gatlin's backline flat onto yeah. the ball at mm-hmm. pace. And what a World Cup he had that year as well. And he was, yeah, for a, that 2011 Reese Priestland, I
2: want that fly off always to play for wheels. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He hasn't hit those heights since. No, and he wasn't just his playmaking, it was his step into the line with, yeah. with ball in yeah. hand. He's had a slight return to form, but I think with that, age is
0: against him. Yeah. yeah. And so they tr- there's a trade off. I, I think he's, he's not going to have. Days or great days in a whale should again, but at
2: club level, he still tears it up. Like, oh. Which, which makes me think maybe was Pivak trying to sort of grab that club land feeling? Potentially, I mean, this this was that game again, if you where we had a bit of an injury problem, but he's picked him
0: since, so yeah, I mean, because we had that excellent game against the Stormers, didn't he, this season? Yeah, and Pivak used him again not long after it, but he. Just
2: can't hit the same heights internationally now that he can. It's almost like you want to leave Priestland there for a few weeks just to see if, if this is no, yeah. no disrespect, but if it's not just a flash in the pan. Yeah, it's totally, totally. Game is-
0: He could probably teach
2: some of the youngsters a thing or two about
0: tactical kicking, I think. Yeah. yeah. And like his spiral up and unders are amazing. <laughs> so,
1: so beautiful to watch in
0: person. Uh, like, oh, God, because we were on the Arms Park for, I can't remember what game it was, but he did this cross-field kick and we thought it was t- for territory. I don't, that was know the Star Wars game. I don't know it. A I don't know it. Cabango just shot it. And I remember thinking, I didn't even see Cabango. No, I've we I got monsters running that <laughs> <You know? laughs> I remember
1: we were both basically, uh, we were about halfway uh, North Terrace and Priestland was right in front of us. We saw the spiral kick off. And we were like, that, that's a beautiful that is, that is a very good. Touchfinder yeah. and uh, territory game. And before we finish the sentence, Kabango just. Yeah, it was the Stormers game. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. Um, I think, burst on the scene, didn't, didn't hit the heights of the World Cup, suffered with, suffered with the WIU bubble. Confidence player. Confidence player. Did the best thing that I think players in that situation need to do, which is leave Wales went went to um, English prem um was out, outside of wales for long enough holds the record for the most consecutive successful convert, kicks, kicks yeah. in the in the premiership which is amazing I, you know it's one of those it's one of those stats that you don't think will be beaten no. in our lifetime you know and never
0: probably again by a Welshman no
1: in the premiership yeah um, and i think based uh, and on the back of that then he, he's now signed for cardiff he's come back to wales He's he's got that return to Wales based on his performances for Cardiff, and I think he hasn't had not every game he's played for us has been good, but he's had more uh, more good games than bad games for Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I do agree. I think with the potential um, of bigger coming back, um, more tenacious than ever um, maybe one or two other fly half sort of poking their heads coming through, Priestland. May get utilised as a emergency cover, but I, yeah. I do think that, you know, he's going to be a bit further down the list for Gatland going forward now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and after Priestland, we have Ellis Jenkins. 29, 15 caps, Cardiff, blindside flanker. Uh, I bloody love him. He's very good. What, what, what could have been... Yeah, what could have been, like... Yeah. That game where he done his knee and he was <sighs> having a game of his life. I think that Sixth streams are still at win round the Millennium Stadium. 79th <sighs> minute.
0: Ah. Oh, ah. Oh, you just... Um, yeah. It I mean, leaves like a hole in my body every time I think about it. Yeah. Like, the
2: memories we could have had of Ellis Jenkins. Yeah. It's like, you know, he, it's unfortunate that he's, he's come back and had a dabble here and there. And I think he's lost a yard of pace from what Oh, I think, think so. I,
0: I think he's lost a bit of fearlessness yeah like it's gonna linger uh, yeah. and apparently there's rumours that he's not
2: particularly getting on with the coaching staff at Cardiff and let's have a look at him in this position now and let's have a look at the other flankers in Cardiff yeah I mean not to be play a bit be funny buggers with it but like <laughs> do you know what like, you see when I go over this maybe with Dar Young oh and Young <laughs> Thomas Tom Young, I can see what you mean. Um,
0: it is interesting that Tom and Dice he'd end up in the same club, but I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, an, there's, there's an underlying.
2: Tom story. is excellent,
0: though. I think he's he's. Yeah, you gotta say he's there on merit. But of yes, course. if you were Ellis Jenkins, although I'd love to see him together. Oh. Tom at seven, Ellis at six, Toby at eight. Where'd you, you put Navidi? Navidi. Would you put both of them? Would what? you put you six? <laughs> put, put
1: Navidi at five half. Uh. Get, them, <laughs> get both of them on at twelve. Uh, St. Louis Hughes, oh, we'll chuck him on fullback. he in this place for we <laughs> all,
0: <then>. yeah, <laughs> all yeah. dream of a team of <laughs> loose forwards. No, like I, I, I uh, you can't write him off, right? He's twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. He got a bit of life
1: left in, in the legs. Yeah, you, you look. Um, first game back after that huge layoff from that injury. Um, man of the match performance for Cardiff. Uh, he's, he's a turnover machine. He's a solid tackler. And again, you look at his performance for Cardiff against Newcastle. Okay, we opposition, but he he is he is and can always be the difference between a win and a loss.
2: Yeah. I think he's got credit with Gatland as well. Now that yeah, quite possibly. Ooh, we might see him. Now, given the situation, like with where I personally think Gatland is going to go with selection for the Six Nations. Um, I think he's going to go to what he go to what he knows until the next World Cup he plays across the back three of the scrum as all well, as mm-hmm. Ellis I don't see that so much but okay I he, he can I'm not sure if he's if he's the dynamic number eight of a Falatau I'm probably not probably more so not anymore yeah mm-hmm. and um you know I think six is his position mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, you look at the other sevens in wheels that's just, just round them off in the, <laughs> within, in, within within Cardiff. You round off within Hamilton on street at Pontcanna. You wrap off five or six now. Yeah, yeah if you go to Ken and Elkin Poncana, yeah. they're just carrying yeah. through the backyard or as, we, as we talk. Yeah. So <laughs> like, yeah, so it's think you, if, you, if, you, if you're Ernest Jenkins, you're, so I think part of it's got to be realistic, but. Part of me still got to have that mindset is like, you know, he's and and I don't know the game I think so. Yet.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think if he just keeps doing what he's doing, he, he will be in that Six Nations squad uh, and definitely in the summer tests, I reckon. Um, OK. Penultimate player of this round goes to you, Mikey, with Will Griff John. I can't wait to hear Mikey to talk about Will
2: Griff John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will Griff John, 30 years old, tight dead prop, playing for the Scarlets with two caps. Um, again I think this is another issue of, of, of injuries, and opportunities. So he's fallen fallen foul. And of was it when he was doing his first cap was that the, the um, Scotland game and the Covid outbreak came first? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he must have been chopping at the bit to, to to go and I think I think when playing for sale, I believe. Yeah. You know, starts being chucked around mm. behind um, in the in the gyms there. Like he's you, he's chucking about more tin than anyone. And from that, I mean, that's exactly what you want from a front row or someone with strength and you know, power abilities. But like, what's what's the, what's the difference in coming from Sale to Netley?
0: Is Will John Avian Lewis Roberts of Twenty Twenty
2: Two? Oh, there's these these fair word for it, like in there, yeah. like do you know what I mean? I mean? they they were both up in Sale. Yeah. Um, Big, strong, yeah, tight ends. Yeah, exactly. Everybody um, in Wales online was like, the to have a look at this <laughs> point." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, These you know, parallels you can draw yeah. between both, both players, like, but um, again, it's, it's like sort of come through the through the to the rants of Wales, but like you know, all the will in the world have been for to be the next in line to the throne of the three jersey. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's, it's at this point it just hasn't happened. I think. I don't think Gatland has now reminded us to not have a look. I think he'll have a look I was going to say I think he'll have a mm. luck. But um no and, and you know, this last fortnight really rugby have shown like what the players can do with with a bit with a bit more focus. Just take it back a few yards to the interview from Toby Booth after the Ospreys game on the weekend. Um one of the media representatives asked him uh asked him, does he think that um Gatlin does a Gatland and I on players has had some impact and I think Toby at Rice finally laughed and laughing, he says well I don't care what motivation they use as long as they use it <laughs> and that could ring true for Will for a bit of motivation with uh, the with return of, of, of the Gatland hopefully so mate
1: hopefully so right uh, that brings us lo- lovely uh,
0: into our last player is Bradley Roberts' yeah? So uh, Keith Lemon, twenty six, <laughs> three caps, Dragons. Uh, came on as a hooker against South Africa, country of his birth. Um, Bradley, what can you say? Like when he, when I first saw him named in the squad, I thought, "Who?" Yeah, he was, he was Ulster's the choice hooker. Yeah, everyone he, in Wales is like, "Yeah,
2: He's he since <laughs> become a bit of a cult hero around at the Dragons. Yeah, and I think rightly so, like he's brought that bit of. He's like, Ken, he's like Ken Owens' V2.0. He's different, isn't he? Yeah. Uh,
0: I think people like him. Um, I, I, I can't speak to his hooking prowess because I know not of the dark arts. I mean, he's... Uh, he's, get, so, he's but a, I know that
2: you love him, Mikey, so if you want to... That's a bit strong, I think. <laughs> but um, no, he, he's getting around, like, and he's offering... He's, he's got ball in hands, and he's he's rapid. He's he's around the park. He's much in the same vein as, as Ken Owens. Like. So, you know, to have two players like that available you lose when when one goes off you don't lose anything with someone coming on if fortunately they're they're, they're lucky enough to be selected in the same team then I think that may be where it's going going forward but um, I think he's he's doing everything he needs so he's getting around the park he's got fair enough arrows I mean like you know light out of Wales are synonymous Mm. with not uh, sometimes not performing whether it's a matter of timing or whether it's a matter of communication is Neither you nor know they did for a period seem not to be firing, but maybe you know Bradley Roberts is the way he come through through the South Africa and the South of the way into in, Welster Still, Rath was made a little bit like, but maybe that's another part for another day. But um, not fair play to him if he's if he can get on and, and push himself into that bracket the, into in the Wales frame, then fair play to him. I don't think it's, it's a I don't think Wales loses out in that case. No. I think um I think him moving to the
1: Dragons has worked wonders for him. Bit of game time, bit of consistency, ball in hand, uh easily visible to the coaches. Yeah. Uh the difference between that game where he came out of complete obscurity to every Welsh fan to where he is now, I think is um chalk and cheese, like, you know, it's definitely hopefully some, someone that will just keep improving and keep bringing it for Wales. Right. Uh brings us Nicely on to our predictions. Um, as I alluded to, hopefully it will be a bit more uh, accurate this time around, but um, let's see how we get on. So, Mikey, I'll go with you first, and we'll just, uh, I think, a quick rattle through because there's quite a lot of games coming up over the festive period, starting with osprey scarlets
2: I think the Osprey's going to pinch it, beat it in Swansea. And... Um... I think maybe the, the Ospreys have gone a bit more behind them than the Scarlets then it and then another uh, maybe slightly pin if you boys. I think the Dragons will take the spoils of Cardiff at Rodney Parade, Ooh. and um, so it's going through to the New Year's Day derbies. Um, Cardiff Ospreys. I think I'm going with the visitors. I think I'm going to go with the Ospreys there, and um, I think the Dragons on the road as well, uh, <laughs> away to the Scarlets will. um We'll do, we'll do alright there. I think I'll pick the, the Dragons pinching it by a few points. Um, and then move on to the first uh, weekend after the derbies. Cardiff, like Scarlets. Uh, it's a has been a bit of a dead rubber for me, I'll be honest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> given uh, the fixture as it, as it lands in, uh, I think Cardiff will pinch that. Interesting,
1: interesting. Right, some, some bold predictions there by Mikey. Some bold predictions there. Um, personally, I think it's going to be a good game. The Ospreys, Scarlets. Um, I just think after their win in France, I can't see I can't see the Ospreys losing at home to the Scarlets. Um, I feel like Dragons, on the other hand, would be down beat, beaten about with their loss to Power. Like a, a Cardiff's demolition of Breve and Newcastle, I can just see a, a, an easy five-pointer there for Cardiff. Easy, <clears throat> um, and then. Going into the next round of derbies, I think with this being at the Arms Park, that's going to give us the edge. It's Going to be absolutely bouncing there, yeah. and um, I, I can see I can see a, a tough a tough old win for Cardiff on that day. Um, oh, this I think this could be a good game. The Scarlets Dragons um, definitely has the potential to be. Uh, I feel like Dragons might. Um, might drag Scarlet's down to their type of game. And I, I'm going to go for a Dragons win there as well, actually. I think I'm with Mikey on that. And then into the uh, um, weekend in January. I think the Bulls are just going to destroy Dragons, I'm afraid. They've just been immense this season. Um, admittedly, they didn't have a good weekend. But oof, I just think um, I think they'll have too much for the Dragons in that game. Um, Third derby on the box for Cardiff then Uh, Again at the Arms Park Yeah, Cardiff (laughs) I don't even (laughs) need to think about that Cardiff win all day long And an Ospreys v Leinster one to finish off Um, I just can't see anything past Leinster No matter
0: who they play Okay, so my three rounds then So if I start with Dragons v Cardiff since the 26th of December 2014 they've met 15 times in the league and Cardiff have won all 15 of those meetings but I'm going with a 4-1 victory to Dragons. I feel like it's their cup final and I think we're going to be overconfident. I'd already written you down for Cardiff to win this race <laughs> So, so uh, I think the run's coming to an end. Oh, uh, I get, I get Bold, very bold. Right? Yeah. Osprey Scarlet, I think it's going to be a batshit crazy game and it's going to be 5 2. Oh, both teams are getting bonus point tries yeah. and Scarlet's are going to finish within 7. seven. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, Cardiff Osprey's tight Cardiff win 4 1. Scarlet's Dragons tight Scarlet's win 4 1. Ooh, like okay. it. And then Cardiff Scarlet's, uh, I. Last night when I was doing this, i had gone a 5 0 win to Cardiff. Yes, I think totally. our, I think we'd be buoyed by our victory over the Ospreys the previous week, and the Shackles will be off and Scarlets
2: will be in a doom spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the the you welcome the Scarlets doom spiral. Yeah, very much so. You I about the Cardiff doom spiral just as much, like. But uh, so uh, I, I know you boys haven't
0: uh, done this, but I, I think what what I did last night was. That would mean that the regions are, their positions relative to each other don't change in yep. the Welsh Shield. So I, I'm going to say that by the end of this three-week period, Cardiff will be first,
2: Dragons second, Ospreys third, Scarlet's fourth. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment as yeah. to where um, it lies, awesome. given, given the, the, the games as they've won the fixtures to date. i doing well. A uh, nice rapid
1: round of predictions there and uh, brings us on to our final
0: piece, the Forbidden Love of the Week. I've got one from, an, well, I've got two of a similar thing from an anonymous source. Ooh. Ooh. Johnny Sexton and Roland O'Gara are attractive, physically, well, physically attractive men. Okay. Is this where this podcast <laughs> is going? <laughs> um, I. No a handsome man likes you one. I
1: agree, I, I can uh, identify and a handsome man. I don't know that I agree with that. So I put, yeah, that, yeah, I put yeah. that down as
0: a, a legitimate forbidden yeah. love.
1: That yeah. is, a, yeah. Um,
0: uh, I just don't see it. No. Johnny Saxon looks like a six-year-old man.
1: Consistently <laughs> <laughs> very
0: angry,
2: yeah. He needs a nap or something. Do you boys have any of your own? Um, Mikey, I, yeah I've got one. Oh, Nobody's gonna like this one. The uh, Werner-Cock tackle on the weekend. The suplex machine. Yes thank you. How was that a tackle? <laughs>
0: that, that is a forbidden love, I, I <laughs> can't <laughs> agree on that one.
2: <laughs> like, uh, and we yeah, made Mary this sort of off away from the podcast but um, obviously there's an element of danger and severity there which, which, which warranted I think a yellow card to the letter of the law. However, it was against a French team. <laughs> we've seen this, right? To seen see this it. before, right? <laughs> In the World Cup, right? Where some French players yes. will ham it up, for the want of a better word. Um, I, not least is, didn't see a problem with the tackle. I just didn't see a problem with the outcome. Uh, it was landed on his back. There was no issue with the, you know, there was no potential. Injury to the to, to the neck, which is where the legs did go over the ninety. or so to the left or no, the lower, it's the legs it's, are under eighty. <laughs> <buttons. laughs> but like, uh, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's for me, it's just like you can't let it go. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think a yellow card was as bad as it could have got. Given it wasn't that
0: bad of a tackle. I can see what you're saying to a point, but I think that's more of a result of. They're not being really a law about suplexing people, and let's keep it that way. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I think we're putting that down as a legitimate forbidden love as well. Uh, Ed, do you have one of your own? Um,
1: just on Mikey's point, there is a hilarious video going around where someone's um, cut a WWE commentary right. over the top. Can we share that? <laughs> we, we, we pop we'll pop the Twitter later. Know. Um, my forbidden love is again. One for a another region and um it was just the complete uh bullying that Ospreys yeah, of did course. at Montpellier. You gotta respect it, yeah. I, I hate the fact that it was the Ospreys that did that. Oh it hurts. Uh I will look forward to the day when Cardiff can do that. Yeah. But um I just remember watching it and I just I just remember this, like you, you, do not see Welsh teams doing that. The French no. teams in their no. own backyard. Yes. And I think that's
2: probably the most um,
1: impressive thing about it. Like, uh, and I just, I loved everything about it. It was great. It was so fun to watch. I know, I'm not sure that's quite as forbidden as a love as the other two. I think that's a no. It's a weaker, for <laughs> yeah, forbidden love. It's but it's uh, yours, Ed, eh, and
0: you hold on. You keep uh, that. Keep uh, So, I do have a personal one, and it's not necessarily a love. But I do like that Cardiff haven't got third kit this season we're playing in europe in our blue and black and we haven't got a special european kit cost of living crisis famous blue and black in europe the biggest stage of the lot go for it because that's the european top that you were wearing last year this was the european yeah, top yeah yeah uh, the black and blue hoops i'm modeling um this season our blue and black hoops are our home kit mm, yeah and also we're using the exact same strip in, in europe so uh i love no third kit you know what? I had not
2: even noticed. <laughs> I'm just so so happy to see them in blue and black in Europe. And Harlequins did something peculiar the other day, which I'm not sure if I um, agree with. I didn't think they were trying to sort of just weigh a bit of cash in. It was, uh, they, they brought a, another play in Jersey, and it was something along the lines of. Big game jersey or something? Yeah, no, they do this. Yeah, so you'll end up with about four jerseys yeah. a season now. And it, it does put stress and pressure on, you know, the kids will always want one jersey. Head. yeah And you, so let's say you've got two kids who're taking the matches regular, they want to wear the jerseys they see the players playing in. Okay. And if they play to Cardiff, like for uh, only having two jerseys. So no, like, no, you we, say fair play to Cardiff, it might just be that
0: our <laughs> esteemed kit supplier. Messed up somewhere in the supply um, chain. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be unheard of. Yeah. Uh, and we're just riding, we're
2: just styling it out. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, when Cardiff reach the, the, the Challenge Cup Final, yeah. there'll be a Cup Final jersey and everyone will be up in arms. Exactly, up in arms park. <laughs> <Anyway>.
0: <laughs> um, are we gonna choose the most forbidden of those loves? <sighs> On a serious level, I think the tackle love is forbidden. <laughs> yeah. on a, on a jokey level I think finding O'Gara to be a hot man is <laughs> is just absurd yeah. and um,
1: I think that's a great way to end the pod yeah, there yeah, thanks for joining us again everyone uh, thanks Chris thanks Mikey no problem and um, we're having a bit of a Christmas break now and we'll be back in the new year with uh, the fourth episode and the final part of Pivot's Picked and happy Christmas and Merry New Year to everyone Merry
2: Christmas Merry New Year